Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, everybody. Wednesday, 23rd of November. Brace yourselves. They're all in the papers today. And, of course, the main news story... Peter Andre's bride has given birth to another child. I mean, they're just popping them out like a football team. But don't worry, you don't have to wait to see the pictures. There'll be an OK magazine very shortly. That's how they make their living nowadays. The British rape victim held in Dubai. The footage shows the sex was consensual. There was no rape at all. So, surprisingly, so even though they've had sex outside of marriage, they've given her a passport back. What a horrible piece of work she turned out to be. Four million pounds robbed from tourists in a Paris raid. It's not the first time it's happened. Uh, These were people from Kuwait or something like that. Anyway, they were held up and uh, pepper sprayed and they took everything, including four million quid in jewellery. I mean, what buffoon travels with four million quid in jewellery? Somebody very stupid, I should imagine. Uh, Spag Bowl gives the backing for Honey G, but there again, that kind of proved just how dumb she really is. And um, uh, who's uh, apologised for impersonating... Donald Trump's wife, Gigi Hadid. Yes, Gigi Hadid, the racist. Gigi Hadid, the stupid one. Gigi Hadid, who's had to make a public apology. What a ridiculous person she is. Uh, Also, Madonna's son in the drugs bust. Oh, dear. I always thought he looked slightly peculiar. The neighbours apparently dobbed him in. They've had enough of it. And uh, so uh, Rocco incident is 16. 16. I mean, if this story is true, this, this kid's gone off the rails. He shaved all his head off, uh, all his head off, he shaved his hair off, and the uh, the story makes makes the front of the papers today. The worst thing is, and the thing that I always worry about is, if somebody in a group of, of kids starts smoking dope, you know, and the allegations are that he was found with dope in his bag, you know, you worry about the people he hangs around with. And of course, the main person he hangs around with is Brooklyn Beckham. Brooklyn Beckham is apparently very good friends with Rocco. And you think to yourself, I would hope, I would hope... You know, fingers crossed and everything else. The Brooklyn Beckham would be a bit more intelligent. But, you know, what the hell? Kids are kids, aren't they? I, don't, I couldn't really care less either way. I've, I've made it quite public in the past. If somebody wants to, to do drugs, and I couldn't care less who they are. They could be 95 or they could be 18. Makes no difference to me. If that's what they want to do, do it. I couldn't care less. As long as it doesn't affect anybody else. And it's not illegal. Unfortunately, in this case, I think people have just about had enough around there. So they, they called the police out. They said he was acting suspiciously. What does that mean? Hugging the wall or something. Could be anything, couldn't it, really? And then the, uh, the news that came through on the, uh, on the news you just heard a short while ago, talking about people who are boozed on the network and people falling off the end of platforms because they're drunk. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I mean, any station staff can refuse people, people travel if they want. It's not just the transport police. You don't have to let people through. I was at uh, Twickenham Station the other day. We've got a load of, um, a load of crooks at, currently using Twickenham Station. They're uh, builders, or they go to the local college where they push through the barriers two at a time, so they don't pay. Every so often we have the police out there en masse, and you watch the students and the people who are going to cheat the system trying to get off the platform, but they've got police on the platform, and they're, they're literally stopping them. And uh, it's a big problem. Big problem. But somebody being drunk on the train, and we have seen people drunk on trains. I mean, come on, it's occupational hazard. If you go on a train in London or anywhere in the country after about five o'clock at night, there's a very good chance to be somebody boozed up. Let's face it, they're boozed up on the buses. They must, I mean, generally speaking, it's appalling. So they fall off the end of platforms or they're just slumped on the ground. I've seen it no end of times, no end of times. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm a little bit, you know, f- sort of unforgiving. Because it's self-inflicted. These people aren't alcoholics. They're just drunks. 
There is a difference. There is a difference. Uh, Steve, read the fake rape woman. You do know if a woman's caught lying about rape, she could get at least 50 lashes. Well, her father's appealed to the ruler, hasn't he? And uh, this is uh, Maktoum. And he said, look, come on, all the rest of it, please, you know, let her, let her come home and all the rest of it. I suspect they'll actually get her out of the country. They don't want her back in again because she told a lie. And it's not just any lie. This is about the worst lie you could ever tell. It was, it was consensual sex. They've studied it and they've said there's no, uh, no charges. It was consensual sex. I don't think they appear to be against consensual sex. It's just that she was lying through her teeth. And that's the embarrassing thing, isn't it? That's the embarrassing thing, that somebody would go that far to name two people who she says allegedly raped her. And, uh, and she th- I don't know what she thought the end result was going to be. Perhaps she wasn't bright enough. But no doubt she'll come back to this country. And no doubt, I hope not, though, one of the newspapers will pick up on, you know, why did you tell lies? Why did you tell lies about something? You know, you're obviously a deeply unpleasant person. Not nice, is it? So, uh, lashes. I don't know if they give lashes to uh, to foreigners. I don't know if they do that. I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. I wouldn't like to actually categorically state that it's only people who live in the country. Uh, Wayne Rooney's ex-hooker is to reveal all on television. This is a story that's uh, that's come up on uh, on the Daily Star today. This is um, ex-vice girl Jenny Thompson. I mean, to be honest with you, I feel a bit sorry for a poor old soul, honestly. You know, hooker. Goes on television, tries to make out that she's, uh, you know, she's just a brass. And so she's going to reveal all. What do you mean, going to reveal all? You had sex for money. Well, what is there to reveal, dear? Man has sex with brass. Well, I, don't, I don't really see what the story is. Unless he dresses up as a fairy and dances around on the wardrobe. I think it's highly unlikely. Who's interested? We've heard your foul mouth on the television, thank you very much indeed. So she's set to reveal all. Well, somebody phoned up to book you because you're a hooker. And um, and then the next minute, you know, because it was Wayne Rooney, you managed to make a career out of it. Tramp. Never heard anything like it. What's going on in this day and age? I thought there used to be a code of conduct. I thought the what? I mean, I thought so. I thought the idea was that if you went with a with a hooker, the whole idea is that you sort of pay and that, that they don't then reveal, you know, to the press if you're somebody famous. They can't wait to open their mouths now. She's made a career out of it. She's just some cheap old hooker. That's all she is. That was it. And then and so now she's going to reveal all. It was years ago. Reveal all about what? He picks up the phone, he calls her, makes an appointment, she has sex with him, he pays the money and he goes home. What's the story? There is no story. As I say, unless he dresses up as a grandmother or something, in which case, who cares? Doesn't make any difference, does it? Obviously she thinks it does. She's obviously desperate to try and sell this boring story to somebody who's prepared to listen. Uh, What will Meghan say? Harry and the Six Island Beauties. I think somebody's a bit blind on that picture. Uh, Harry's over there. Apparently, he's, uh, he's not bothered to dress up for any of it. He only appears to have the one suit. He's obviously not, You can tell with Harry, can't you, that he couldn't care less about clothes because he never seems to bother. He just looks like a, a bad sack of potatoes, poor soul. Sarah Ferguson trying to sort of justify what she does in the world, and the answer is nothing. So she went to a charity do and took the, uh, the one who used to go out with a bloke called Dave... And she doesn't have a job at the moment. She's uh, trying to make out that she's a member of the royal family, whereas we're all going, we're not paying for you. We definitely don't want to pay for you. I don't want to pay for anybody like that at all. I don't mind paying for the Queen. I don't mind paying for Prince Philip. I'm even prepared to go as far as Prince Charles, but that's about as far as it goes. I'm not interested in Harry or William. I'm sure they're very sweet little children. I'm sure they're very sweet, and I know it's so tough being in the royal family because you don't exactly have to do anything. And so, you know, but I really couldn't give a stuff. I couldn't care less whether Harry goes around the world bedding just about anybody he can find. I couldn't care less. It really has nothing to do with us. But now the latest thing is that after William told us the other day 
how difficult parenting is. And people went, oh, grow up, for God's sake, mate. You don't know what parenting is. I'm sorry, how many servants do you have at your house in London? How many servants do you have at the house in Norfolk? You know, I mean, have, have you been, as we said yesterday, to the local laundrette? Have you ever done ironing? Of course not. He's never done anything like that. He's a privileged member of the royal family. I don't have a problem with that. It's just that don't try and patronise us by saying, oh, it's really tough doing this. And then the other thing was uh, that both William and Harry excel at sport. What? William, who we discovered the other day from Eddie Redmayne, every time he went out to play rugby, people were tackling him. So they could go, I've tackled the future King of England. I mean, who gives us stuff? William. And then we saw him wearing his, um, he does that water polo, doesn't he? So there he was in a little pair of Speedos, poor soul, with a little sort of condom hat on. And they get pictures in the, in the newspapers and they go, he's good at sport. <laughs> well, most kids are good at sport, unless they're vastly overweight and they're sort of little Tommy Tucker. But, you know, it's quite, quite normal for people to do that. I like the story of Tesco. Do you like the Tesco's? Oh, blimey, more water. Uh, I like the story of Tesco. They, uh, they have kids from the local state school. They make them queue to go in. But the kids from the private school just walk in because they're better behaved. And they're not likely to thieve. You know, there is that, although, of course, <laughs> that is probably not true. Probably not true. Former England star Paul Stewart says he was sexually abused for years. Uh, there's a raft of people coming out now and... Um, saying that they were abused by this football coach and it went on from the ages of about 11. The club up until now has been fairly quiet, but they're sort of getting back. I unfortunately left my computer on in the, uh, in the office and it's blaring out bros. Uh, I'm very sorry about that. You just have to sort of turn the, turn the thing off. Just sign, sign me off. Newsread is getting very upset about that one this morning because he's not a fan of bros, as you can imagine. And I think actually it was a bros programme. We're sort of like, bros, bros talk about themselves. You know, and pick a thing. It was on the television years ago, just before French and Saunders took, took the mickey out of them, which was always quite funny, I thought. Always very funny. Yeah, bros, because we love you, yeah. Can't wait for these concerts. Uh, still only one sold out. Uh, there's going to be a lot of, lot of empty seats, which actually depresses me. It really depresses me, because I think they've been, they've been sold a pup, as they say. Uh, 84850, Lauren says, Do you know what happened to the charges of sex outside of marriage in the Dubai case. Even if the sex was consensual, it was still outside of marriage. Well, I thought that as well. I didn't quite... They're probably just grateful to get rid of them. But there again, Dubai's got some real pond life over there. You don't have to look at pictures in the paper. They go, oh, God, what do people go to Dubai for? There's nothing there. It's a building site with sand. And you sit there, and it's full of all those chavs from TOWIE and Made in Chelsea and Geordie Shaw. They go out there. You don't want to go to a place like that. It's full of pond life. You want to go to somewhere a bit classier. Cleethorpes. Cleethorpes is very classy. Blackpool. Oh, maybe not Blackpool. Uh, I'm trying to think of other places. Brighton. No, not really. Southend. Oh, definitely not. I don't know where we go, actually, for a bit of class nowadays. The Lake District. That's nice, isn't it? At least you, you don't find, you know, the, uh, the chavs who appear on these television programmes saying, let's go to the Lake District, please, God. Of course, having mentioned it, mostly now, they'll all try and sort of jump on the bandwagon, which is, uh, which is a bit sad. No, you don't. You definitely do not want to go to Dubai. It's like going to Vegas. It started taking in all the um, the uh, stag nights and the Hindus and something like that. They must be going, oh, God, it's the drunk Brits again. And they have these pool parties where apparently if you're drinking champagne, that's OK. So all the old tarts hang around all the blokes who are buying champagne because that's the only way that they're ever going to meet women by buying them champagne. They're not going to meet women. They're going to, uh, would you like to uh, be, be friends with me and my friend? He, he's, he's called Ian and he, he'd like to be your friends. No, darling, of course we don't be friends with you. No, we're like class girls. Oh, right. Uh, we have, uh, have Dom Perignon. Hello? 
And that's what it's like, isn't it? You buy them in Dubai. They're all over the place, I tell you. It's like here in, in London. We have exactly the same. Do you know there was a survey done about three years ago that reckoned that half the hookers working in Shepherd Market in London were blokes? Did you know that? I thought I'd just surprise you, just in case you just picked somebody up and they look fairly interesting, that uh, most of them are blokes. That's should I tell you that now? Because uh, we're, in, we're in modern days, aren't we? We're in modern days and we can say things like that. Uh, what are we going to do this morning? Well, we're going to sort of talk about the hospital chief and his wife who funded uh, one of their cousins to go and uh, fight with ISIS. The best nativity scene you've ever seen. You might not like it if you're PC, but I quite like it, actually. It makes me uh, smart. I might even buy one. Sandbags at the ready. There's floods all over the place. It really is bad. Honestly, I feel so sorry for the people up north because they seem to get the brunt of it. Some people, there, they said, oh, one minute they were sitting there having breakfast. The next minute, a torrent went through the kitchen. And, of course, coming into the festive season. I mean, they've had this so many times, haven't they? So many times before. And, um, and Spagbol, poor old Cheryl. What she knows about music, you can write on a grain of sand, ladies and gentlemen. She gives her backing to Honey G. She's going to be monster, monster, goes Spagbol. Poor soul. Pregnant yet, darling? Pregnant? Only asking, you know. Hoping we get an answer someday soon. And um, what was the other one as well? Oh, yes, the, um, the, uh, the, uh, the idea of a counsellor who was found guilty of groping. Went up behind this woman and grabbed her bottom. Grabbed her bottom? I mean, what sort of counsellor is that? A pervy one. We'll tell you who he is a little bit later on. Plus Trump and Farage. It seems Trump likes Farage. Whereas Theresa May doesn't know where she is, but I think if anybody's going to win Trump over, it'll be the Queen. You wait till he sees Buckingham Palace. You wait till he discovers that the building is falling apart. They should take him to Windsor. That's a bit more exciting, isn't it? But Buckingham Palace is the place that they like the most. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 20 minutes past four. How are you? Wednesday. You don't need to shout back. It's not one of those sort of programmes. We don't do that kind of sort of contact you know, people, every so often you get somebody writing in who's obviously on, me- on medication, sort of going, why don't you take phone calls? The reason is because of people who really aren't up to the mark at this time of the morning. So we expect people to be, you know, 100%. It's easy if you write it on an email. That way we can sort of deal with it a lot, uh, a lot quicker. Uh, very, very quickly. Uh, Johnny says it's pouring this morning, but he's in Alicante. So it probably deserves to uh, to rain in Alicante. I don't think I've ever been there, actually. I don't think so. We had trouble with the driver this morning, as you can imagine. We crawled into town. I mean, seriously. I could have got out and walked faster. Seriously, Cat. And uh, a lot of people were tweeting about that. Thank you very much indeed. Um, Peter says, I call it Judas weather at the moment because it's up to no good. Yes, I mean, it's it really is. It's terrible, isn't it, really? But we we did warn you. We did say that it was going to go wrong, and we did say that there was going to be, you know, flooding, and by God, there is flooding. There really is flooding. I feel so sorry, people. Bad enough, you know, having to losing your car and stuff like that, hoping the insurance companies move very quickly. But, you know, some people will be moving, you know, properties, and they've got no insurance. What do you do if you've got no insurance? And the water is absolutely flooding through. Do you know, I'll just look at the thing on the television. Carl Pilkington. Am I the only one who doesn't get that, how unfunny that really is? They keep going, oh, Carl Pilkington, it's very funny. No, it's not. It's not funny at all. It's a bit like Sasha Baron Cohen. He's not funny either. Kanye West definitely isn't funny at the moment. He's psychotic. Um, he's been placed on suicide watch. So, see, they have it in America as well. Isn't it always the people, though, who you think have got everything and, and then they turn out to be psychotic? This was after he, um, he was taken to hospital in handcuffs. He suffered a psychotic breakdown. Um, 
He's always looked a bit miserable, hasn't he? In fact, he's always looked quite a bit miserable. And this time he goes on stage. He's 90 minutes late. I said yesterday I'd have walked out of the theatre or wherever it was being held at the stadium or something. Gone, I'm sorry, that's just out of order. And uh, then he comes on stage, does three, three songs. But in fact, he's not known for singing. He's not known for anything. He doesn't take criticism. Apparently somebody criticised his last album. And so that sentiment to meltdown. He's just not very pleasant. And so now he's been taken to hospital in cuffs for his own safety. I mean, it's, you sort of wonder what goes on inside these, these people's heads. And the answer is we're not sure. I mean, at one point, uh, he was having hallucinations and he was screaming people were trying to kill him. I mean, he's quite seriously ill. He needs to be quite seriously in cuffs for his own safety. So he's cancelled the uh, St. Pablo tour. And um, his mother-in-law says he's had a gruelling tour and it's been a grind. He just needs time to rest. No, it's a little bit more than that, sweet cheeks. It's a little bit more. You don't start screaming about the fact people are trying to kill you. That's not rest. You know, we've all had days, haven't we, where you go, oh, I could just go to bed now. I could just climb into bed and disappear. You don't start screaming people are trying to kill me. How healthy is the meal in your favourite restaurants? And again, it's, uh, we went out the other day. When did we go the other day? Paul and I went to uh, Byron Burgers in Richmond. I have to mention it because that's the one we went to. And I've never been there before. We've got one over the road from us here in Leicester Square. And somebody said, oh, you'll like that. It's good. Here is my advice. If you don't have a huge capacity, then don't order a lot of food. All we ordered was two double cheeseburgers, which were very nice, and French fries each, and onion rings. And we made the big mistake of having milkshakes. I had a banana milkshake, which has got bits in it, and he had a strawberry milkshake, which also probably had bits in it. Well, I tell you what, it was too much food for two healthy, growing boys. Well, that was him, it wasn't me. I mean, seriously, I couldn't even finish the burger. I did about one and a half of the burger, which was very nice. Um, I didn't finish the French fries, and I only managed two of the onion rings, which were enormous. You could have played hula hoops with these things. And, you know, and the, and the girl comes back, everything all right? Yeah, it's lovely, it's just too much. So if you, if you go out there... And you're average, and I'm very average when it comes to eating now. I don't just stuff my face. You would think I would, but I don't. And, um, you know, have, have one set of onion rings and one set of fries between two people. You absolutely don't, don't need the, the amount of food that we had. Way too much food. We walked out of there. We had a cup of coffee at the end. And I could barely move. Seriously, I, could, I just felt so bloated. He said exactly the same. He said, oh, God, I feel stuffed. At least I could go home for a little, uh, a little rest. He couldn't, of course, because he... Um, he had to come into work last night and he's having a kitchen fitted at home. So there was no chance of getting any sleep because he's got men in the house. Normally that wouldn't bother him, but uh, they are fitting the kitchen at the moment. And I think he's having the central heating done. So it's terrible. Absolutely terrible. Uh, Shepherd's Bush said Andrew is a classy destination. Yeah, it is true. The road leading out of Shepherd's Bush is the best bit of it. You know what it was famous for, Shepherd's Bush? I bet you don't know what it was famous for, Andrew. What was it famous for? What was Shepherd's Bush Green famous for? You'll never know in a million years. It's so bizarre and so off the scale. Brick kilns. Brick kilns used to be all over Shepherd's Bush Green, and they made bricks there. <laughs> Might as well go back to it now. It's a funny area, isn't it? You've got sort of sort of the dump area of, uh, of Shepherd's Bush, and then you've got that nice sort of shopping centre, which, you know, I, I don't think they, uh, they really... They don't, I don't think there's any fast food places in there. There are places to eat, and most of the people who live in Shepherd's Bush, I mean, it, it's not a classy area. You know, let's be quite honest about it. Any area that's got kebab shops and it's got spadulikes and stuff like that and places open until three, four in the morning and, you know, and a, and a snooker hall and stuff like that, it's not the classiest area. So they've got a nice shopping centre, 
But the sort of people who live at Shepherd's Bush probably wouldn't go in there because it's not their sort of thing, because it's all, it's all poshy shops. You can get, you know, a glass of champagne. That's quite nice, isn't it? We've got the crime of the century as well. I'm, I didn't want to mention this. This is a tiny Welsh island. And it's lo- it looks lovely. I mean, to be honest with you, you know, if you won a lot of money, you could, uh, you could go and live here because it's got uh, some sandy beaches. It's uh, home to a Trappist monastery. Now, as far as I remember, Trappist monasteries, um, they don't talk. Well, I didn't think so. Anyway, whatever it is, monks on Caldy called the police. I don't think the police have, have ever been there before in a 100 years. They've never had an incident because they saw a father assault his seven-year-old son at their chocolate factory. Police were ferried by lifeboat to the island two miles off Tenby to arrest the day tripper who comes from Dudley in the West Midlands. The monks had been concerned by the father's behaviour to his son. The Cistercian monks, also known as Trappists, make up around half of the 40-strong population on the island. With its remote location and religious community, Caldy has more than a passing resemblance to TV's Father Ted's Craggy Island. But it's got loads of beaches. I'm, I'm counting about four beaches at the moment. Um, oh, I was quite right, actually. They have a rule of silence from 7pm to 7am, which means that even if they were watching, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here, they can't, they can't discuss it. So you can imagine if they were watching someone, they can't talk about it. They can't do anything at all. Uh, they've also, I suppose, got um, uh, poverty, Chastity and obedience. What a miserable existence. Can you imagine? Chastity and obedience. Do this. Do that. Oh, God, and still no sex. Uh, but anyway, the, the, 3,000 visitors take the boat to Caldy to sample homemade chocolate, perfume and shortbread. They're so industrious, aren't they? So industrious, these monks. They make shortbread and chocolate. But uh, they can't talk between seven till seven. What a brilliant idea, actually. Perhaps we should bring it in over here. The prosecutor said the man was shouting at the boy for lifting him up with an outstretched arm by the throat and then putting him back down, slapping him on the back of the head. The man told the police his son was being naughty and wouldn't listen. Uh, he's been released on bail. They're going to, uh, next month, they're going to do something else. Sounds lovely, though, doesn't it? Uh, the clergy uh, on Craggy Island is three priests. On Caldy Island, 18 monks. And, uh, and they've got a monastery there. Sounds lovely, doesn't it? Sounds lovely. I, I'm, I quite like, if you could buy this place, it'd be lovely. Sit on your own beach. I mean, there's only a few people there. There's not, and there's 18 monks, and there's about 40 people on the actual island. I mean, how do they survive? I suppose they get their food ferried over, probably by drone or something. They were showing us the other day, um, a thing on the television, and it was about uh, a man who trains ducks, geese, something, to fly with his microlight. And how they do it, it's, it's actually quite simple. When these uh, ducks or geese hatch out of their eggs, the first thing they see becomes their mother. They don't know anything else. And so when they see the microlight, they see that as their mother. So when he takes off in the microlight, they fly with him. And they fix cameras to the microlight, and he was holding the cameras as well. So you could see exactly what birds are like when they're up fl- really high. Uh, Frank, you wouldn't get me in a microlight. It looked far too dangerous. But uh, he was flying with it. They were showing you how they make these, you know, the real life of birds and everything else. Really fantastic. Really fantastic. Uh, Steve, I thought uh, Kanye West was supposed to be one of those bad bottom people. Sounds like a Jesse Powderpuff to me. Makes Peter Andre look good, says Lee. Oh, I don't think so. I don't think you could. I mean, Peter Andre having an edge. Can you imagine? I don't think so. Sally says, are you allowed milkshakes? There's no, listen, there's no such thing as are you allowed a milkshake being a diamond. There's no hard and fast rules. It doesn't say. It is full of calories. Of course it is. It's full of sugar. 
It's milk and ice cream or whatever else. So, of course, it's full of sugar. But uh, but there's no sort of, are you allowed milkshakes? There's no sort of, they're gonna, the police are going to come around and hang you because you've had a milkshake. No, it's entirely up to you how you work it out. Actually, it didn't affect me that much at all. Normally, I'm, I, I can tell if something's going to affect me. Like, as you know, if I have jelly babies or something like that, I can be affected very quickly. If I have an Indian curry, I can be affected within seconds. But uh, I didn't get affected by the milkshake. Normally, I would sort of go very hot and uh, my stomach could start feeling a bit peculiar. But no, it didn't have any of that, that sort of effect at all. So obviously, bearing in mind, I don't have milkshakes, but once every, I don't know, six months, that might be the first milkshake I've had in ages and ages and ages. So uh, I'm not really, not a huge milkshake fan. Really not huge. You know, they're okay. I mean, the thing I miss the most is orange juice. Oh, God, orange juice. And also, the other thing I miss is grapefruit juice. Ice-cold grapefruit juice, delicious, but I can't have it because of my medication. And I can't have orange juice because it's orange. And that's uh, and that's really bad. So, uh, Sally, you know, you can have a milkshake if you're a diabetic. It is full of calories, but then everything's full of calories. And if you seriously believe that I'm going to be sitting there till the end of my life eating lettuce leaves and being as miserable as Sarah Bloomin' Ferguson... You know, goodness sake. It's not going to be happening. Not going to be happening. Um, uh, Steve, to not talk. I'd have to listen to LBC 24-7. Do you what the silent priest did? I mean, do you think they, they cheat? Do you think, you know, they go, oh, we're not allowed to talk between 7 and 7. Did you see who wants to be a celebrity? I mean, who's going to tell on them? Only 18 of them out there. And if somebody's going to dob them into who? I'm terribly sorry, but brother, brother Michael started talking overnight. Well, perhaps he's just mumbling in his in his sleep. Who knows? Don't go soft on the stiff upper lip. This is uh, Martin Roberts and I'm a Celebrity. He spent most of the time crying. It's terribly tedious. I'm getting a bit bored by it now. I'm beginning to think it's maybe some sort of act. But then I realised, no, he was being bullied by Danny Baker and Scarlett Moffat. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. My friend uh, Simon Beale... Uh, has printed a picture on his uh, Twitter of him and Jimmy Young in 2003 after recording a, a special with him about his book. You know, I never got to interview Jimmy Young. I don't think I ever met him. But I do have somewhere, God knows where, a tape of Jimmy rehearsing for his show. They obviously said he was sitting in the studio, there you go, there you jolly well go, there you jolly well don't go. And he was recording, uh, or somebody was recording it, uh, obviously back in the control room. And that's the only thing, but I, I never, um, never met him. Never met him at all. Very interesting, isn't it? When you, when you sort of you see all these people, Mudge, he never met me either. Martin says I've got this sils, uh, this syndrome, which I think is false uh, puff, whatever it is. And so grapefruit juice and milkshakes are no problem. How lovely. Mike says, what were Prince Andrew and Boris Johnson discussing at their private meeting at the palace? Well, Prince Andrew trying to say, have you got a job for me? I don't do anything. And you, you've got the whole family. Uh, got the two daughters. Ha ha! Don't laugh. You know, jobs for the princesses. I don't think they, they could manage a job, could they? I don't think they're capable. Really dreadful. And uh, Andrew says, pop over one day and I'll show you the highlights of Shepherd's Bush. You're joking, of course. It's the only place I've seen people robbed on the road, Shepherd's Bush. The only place, the Goldtort Road. My God, dreadful. Uh, somebody then wrote in, didn't they, to the police saying that they found Madeleine McCann living rough in Italy. Turns out to be a Swedish student. Again, another waste of space. We still can't wait. We were talking about this yesterday. We were talking about Madeleine McCann and how no nearer we are finding her than we were all those years ago when, when she disappeared. Uh, Prince Harry, again, not really bothering to dress up. Bit of an embarrassment for the grandmother. And a lot of dusky maidens. That's what they say here. Giggling at Antigua. 
the PM there, Gaston Brown, who cheekily invited the couple for their future honeymoon. Listen, he's only seen her a couple of times, for God's sake. They've been going out for five months. Yeah, right, whatever. It's just another one of Harry's girls. There's loads of them. I wouldn't, I wouldn't sort of marry him off just yet. Very odd. I mean, you know, what, in the royal family? Oh, God. Do you think the Queen's been... Who is she? A what? An actress? I don't think so. Coming here? No, she's not. Oh, no, they need to lay down the law. They need to lay down the law, I think, with, uh, with poor old Harry, who just sort of... Do- he basically does what he wants to, whether he embarrasses the Queen or not. And uh, Peter says, you'd make a rubbish monk. He says, as you talk a lot. Well, you only have to stop talking between the hours of, uh, of six... Uh, sorry, of seven and seven a.m. Um, I like the idea... <laughs> Uh, Marty says Trappist monks take four vows. Poverty, chastity, obedience and stability. I mean, it takes a lot, doesn't it? I mean, I suppose if you've sort of committed yourself to that lifestyle, it's, I mean, slightly odd, isn't it? Uh, Thinking about buying tickets for an evening with Matt Goss. 6th of December, Newcastle 02 Arena. Still plenty left if you fancy a date, says Tammy. Well, it's not, are there? What, he's doing the O2 Arena? But they're, they're playing that next year, aren't they? He doesn't... He's not going to sell out an O2 Arena, is he? For an evening with Matt Goss. I mean, perhaps this is... I mean, I I think they've obviously... I think they've overestimated um, exactly how big the Bross comeback will be. I don't think it's going to be very big at all. I think it's... I think this is going to be Turkey of next year. I've been wrong before. I never never dwell on it, though. If ever I'm wrong, I'll go back again. Peter wanted to know any news on Brooklyn's skateboard. I don't know. I'm suspecting if the story about Rocco is to be believed this morning, he probably thinks it's a rocket ship. You know what they're like in the uh, papers. I often wondered about Rocco. I didn't didn't really care, actually. I really didn't care about, you know, whether whether Rocco's caught with any drugs or alleged drugs or whatever. I, I couldn't care less. I mean, that's what these... You know, it's always the kids of the rich and the famous who go off the rails first, and I've always predicted it. They always say, oh, look, there's going to be loads of publicity about this person you think this is going to come back and bite you. You know, you wait years to come. Mercifully, I don't think I'll be around for it. You wait till Peter Andre's kids grow up. And they start blaming him for ruining their lives by putting them on the television because he loves his kids. And, uh, and then all the photo shoots and everything else. She must be... I don't think... When they do a photo shoot for OK, I don't think he's allowed to use his own children because uh, they're her children. She doesn't want them in the magazine. I don't think so. I think they've, they've been seen on the television programmes and they, they turn up to everything else. But um, I, I just don't... I don't think they do that. So you'll have a picture of Peter Andre and some fake picture set-up things with M's, his wife... And um, and another baby. And for that, they'll probably get £20,000, £30,000, whatever they think it's worth. Get the front page, you get less money. Jeff says, uh, love the show, listen for ages, first time texting. And made a film about the geese being trained to fly. Yeah, this was Fly Away Home. Uh, that was, a, that was a, a long time ago. But th- this is a man now who does it. He's got his own geese. And uh, they did something flying from City Airport. They wanted to make sure that they could film them when they're up in the, in the air to see what it's like. Ever so high... I mean, seriously, ever so high. Uh, So here it is. The wise men, the shepherd and Joseph. The very modern nativity is yours for £104. And uh, it's a company. I don't know where you buy it, actually. It's a nativity set. It's gone on sale in America and it's dividing the public on whether or not it's in poor taste or good fun. Because they've got (laughs) the wise men who've arrived in on segways... (laughs) The shepherd is on his iPad. Joseph is taking a selfie. Uh, and they've also got uh, milking the, the cow, tucking into gluten-free feed, and it's 100% organic. I think it looks... Do you know, to be honest with you, I'd buy one of these. Oh, and the, and the top of the manger 
It's got a solar panel on it. I mean, why not? Why not? It's not serious. It's not offensive. It's just sort of bringing it up to date. You know, that's the modern nativity. But, of course, actually, if this really was the modern nativity, there wouldn't be a Joseph. There'd just be a single mother who got herself up the duff by somebody who lived on an estate with her. But uh, I think it's quite funny, actually. I might try and get hold of one. Modern nativity. But the product started... Uh, as all good products do, at a happy hour with friends. After a few beers, they started joking about how religions would be different if their sacred texts were set in modern times. And so, you know, the three wise men turn up with their gifts on segways. It's very... It's not even PC. It's just, you know, Mary and Joseph doing a selfie. It's brilliant. I want one. I really want one of these things. I think they're fantastic. There you go. That's my, my Christmas present to myself for this year for 104 quid. That's what I shall spend my money on, my hard-earned, ill-gotten gains over the festive season. Uh, the family who fled, their, their sad tale is on the television at the moment. This is Andy and Shelley Vaughan. Uh, their cottage was hit by an explosion of water. And there's a picture. I mean, it's an absolute bombsite. A bombsite. Uh, they've got a waterfall in their garden. If you've watched the television pictures, you probably have seen it already. It's terrible. Now that the water has subsided, they're looking at damage and erosion because the water went underneath the house. And I mean, it's not just little dribble of water. This is a torrent. This is sort of Boscastle all over again. And uh, they were trying to hold the door uh, closed because there's about three or four big pulses and the front door bulged and gave way and the water started rushing in. At that point, there was nothing more that they can do. So they managed to get the kids upstairs. It was terrifying. Uh, the door exploded. When they returned to their home, they found their garden had been completely washed away and the floor of the dining room had collapsed. They're now waiting for their insurance company. Thank God they've got an insurance company. There'll be many people who don't have an insurance company. And for them, this is where the misery starts. It's a piece of salutary advice to make sure that you are insured if you're, um, if you're sort of near a floodplain or you are in danger of flooding. I mean, God, that's awful. Robbie and Balham, gateway to the south, says in the 60s, the gents' toilet systems were glass. Uh, well, they were up until it closed, I think, and they had goldfish in them. Yes, yeah, so the goldfish would go down. Um, was it that one at Shepherd's Bush? Came a snooker hall, I think. And uh, it was a, a famous old toilet. And it was a penny to get in. That was what Paul, Paul Daniels wanted. He never got one of those toilet locks, the penny ones. He wanted one because it was made by... Uh, masculine, very famous magician. Uh, a youth's obscene pose. This is Ben Bamford in hospital. He murdered tax advisor Paul Jeffries. An hour after he murdered him, he, he met him on a gay dating site on an app. And he went round there. He owed money to drug dealers. And he, uh, he knifed him to death. And then, bizarrely, and I say bizarrely because this person is quite clearly mentally sick, uh, he turns up at hospital, checks himself in. Somebody takes a picture and he gives them the finger, taking the picture. This is an hour after he'd knifed this uh, Osborne aide to death, Paul Jeffries. And um, he was 17. He brutally stabbed Paul, who worked as a tax advisor. He slashed Mr Jeffries' throat and left him dying in a pool of blood and then checks himself into hospital. I don't know what the, what the punishment is for somebody like that. I really don't. I mean, I, if, if it was a member of my family... You know, you would be thinking, I think hanging. There's no, but the trouble is, it's not a deterrent, is it? We've had this argument a million times before on LBC over the years. The argument being that the death penalty is not a deterrent. Because if it was, there wouldn't be any murders or anything like that. So there is no deterrent. If, if somebody's going to murder somebody, they couldn't care less what, what the death penalty is. If there is a death penalty, they couldn't care less. Dreadful. 
Um, another one here. Um, somebody else saying you would make a rubbish monk. I couldn't sit down and be quiet. Can you imagine sitting there and you'd be going, oh, they go, shh, brother Stephen, please be quiet. Oh, no, I want to talk. I'm terribly sorry. I, I would have to chat, actually. Uh, you mentioned Katie Price last week, having time off work to sort her marriage out. So that's the lunch hour taken care of. What next, says Dion? Sort her marriage out. She just lies. Just lie. Don't believe a word. Every time she opens her mouth, you know it's lies. Nobody cares about her and her silly little marriage. It's ridiculous. And Darren says, if you had to remain silent between 7pm and 7am, you wouldn't have a show. Of course I would. I'd just pre-record it. I'd just pre-record my show. It'd be like... Um, It'd be like sort of doing in conversation. It would seriously. That's that's how it would. Uh, that's how it would work. I think. Uh, rapper Kanye West. All the papers say taken to hospital in handcuffs and not before time, probably. A British rape victim held in Dubai for adultery. Police say video proves group sex was consensual, which uh, we know what that makes her now. I'm sure her parents must be absolutely delighted. And uh, the hospital chief and his wife, who funded their jihadi nephew, who predicted the Hebdo attacks. And this is uh, Mohammed and Nazimabi Golomolti, who were seen as pillars of their community. Quite clearly filth. Quite, they weren't pillars of the community at all. They were just disgusting. Disgusting. Uh, plus the unseen Edward and Mrs Simpson wedding snaps. And happy birthday today, 190, Kelly Brook. Yes, Ke- just don't ask her to talk, please. That kind of ruins everything. And uh, I want to make our tickets free. I was hoping that would have been a bross statement, but it turns out to come from the boss of Ryanair. He says uh, he could scrap fares by making airports pay him instead. That'd be a good idea, wouldn't it? And the Tesco story we'll come to in a moment. They make state pupils queue outside. Private school kids stroll right in. Interesting. They're probably worried about thieving. That's what most places worry about, don't they? Thieving. But, of course, if somebody's going to thieve, then they're going to thieve. And there's all sorts of strange people who are doing it. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. So the story about Tesco is a great story, actually. This is uh, in... Uh, where is it? It's in, it's in quite a nice place, actually. Um, George Watson's College and Borough Muir High. This is in the upmarket area of Bruntsfield in Edinburgh. I've never heard of it. But a father has accused Tesco of making state school pupils, including his teenage son, oh, diddums, queue outside one of its stores while children from a private school can walk straight in. Neil Pollock <coughs> excuse me, said these state school pupils deserve an apology over the retail giant's discriminatory uh, behaviour. Tesco denied there was any discrimination, but Dr Pollock, a university professor, whose son obviously didn't do so well, Uh, says all the school kids arrive and the staff put one group behind a barrier. The kids from the other school are allowed to walk in without having to queue. He said the state school children were only allowed in three at a time during the lunchtime rush. Well, of course, that's the same. We have that round our place, Mr Pollock. You need to come down south, lovey, and you'll find that all uh, all the little shops and things like that, no more than two pupils in the shop at any one time, because they thieve. Okay, if you don't understand that, Mr. Pollock, you need to come down south. You, you'll, you'll find it all over the place. Ask any, any sort of shopkeepers. What do school kids do? They thieve. Okay, because they can. They used to thieve from Woolworths, one of our schools in, uh, in Twickenham. And I can remember saying, I watched girls thieving from sweets. They would pick it up, walk to the back of the store, put it in the bag, walk straight out again. Till they got chased one day. So I mentioned it on air. And the schoolmistress at the time of this school wrote in and complained, saying that her school children would never thieve. Of course they do. Grow up, come into the real world. Uh, Dr Pollock says, Last week, my son walked into the shop behind a group of Watson's boys and was singled out and thrown back into the queue. Oh, God, so he even looks like he goes to a state school. 
Images taken outside the shop show about 30 children waiting to get in. None of the children appear to be wearing the uniform of George Watson's college. Dr Pollock, who said his son first told him about the queuing system six months ago, complained via Twitter and got a response from a representative who said that the duty manager has said the private school normally have a lesser amount of children, which is quicker and easier for the store. Last night, a Tesco spokesman claimed the tweet doesn't accurately describe the situation. He also insisted the children from both schools have to queue when the shop is busy. But uh, since making the complaint, Dr Pollock said uh, Boroughmuir pupils have no longer been asked to wait outside. Watch shoplifting go through the roof. <laughs> the next thing they'll be going, actually, since we decided to let everybody in because we don't want bad publicity, everybody's been, uh, been shoplifting left, right and centre. Because that's what kids do. Whether, whether Mr Pollock, you know, agrees with it or not, I'm telling you, that's what a lot of school kids do. They thieve. All right, I'm sorry to break that to you. It must be absolutely awful for you to realise that. Uh, Steve, in the local paper, it's been written here, this is in the Bournemouth uh, paper, I think, actually. It says that former Brossinger Matt Goss is returning for a few Christmas shows next month, including a visit to Bournemouth. The singer who now lives and works in Vegas... No, he doesn't. He doesn't live in Vegas anyway. He lives in Los Angeles, actually, I think you'll find. Performing some Christmas classics and covers, as well as some of his other hits. Well, that's all he does. He only, he only has a few hits. Drop the Boy, When Will I Be Famous, and a couple of other things. That's about it. And, in fact, we knew about the shows because Dawn said he was doing a load of shows. I mean, to be honest with you, I think some, some of the venues seem a bit big. I thought he was doing little ones as like a tryout for whether or not. So he's going to do some Christmas classics. I mean, he's not exactly known, is he? Has there ever been a Bross Christmas album? I don't think so. I don't think so, unless I've missed out on that one. Perhaps I need to check, actually, uh, as to whether or not there has ever been a Bross Christmas album. But as one of them went off, they didn't talk to each other for ages. And uh, now they're getting back together for these... I just worry... I seriously worry about this. I'd uh, be like sort of Katie Price going on tour and the public going, I'm not really that interested. In fact, they were having to give tickets away to one of Katie Price's things. Do you remember, it was an evening with Katie Price where, you got a, where we got a meal and a chance to talk. I mean, God in heaven, how dire must that have been? Dreadful. But uh, I haven't read the, uh, the thing about uh, from the paper. <coughs> it's where the hairs come from that worries me now. I'm now more interested in Matt Goss's hair. Is it his or was it grown in a, in a laboratory? Because I just don't... It just doesn't look real. It's, he was blonde. But uh, anyway, so they say here, Matt Goss sold more than 17 million records. <coughs> and they packed out arenas. So he's going to the O2 Academy. I don't know how big that is. But anyway, last month he celebrated 30 years. 30 years. And they also announced they're bringing back Bross. Only two of them. Not really much to bring back. And sold out the O2 in a record-breaking seven seconds. Sold to touts. I bet you anything, sold to touts. But uh, the show will be recorded by Radio 2 and will feature in a special Matt Goss BBC Radio 2 show which airs over the Christmas uh, season. He says, I miss my home. <laughs> I haven't missed it up until now, have you, love? Great to spend it so closely and intimately with my fans. He's been playing the Gossy Room. It's a little tiny piddly place in uh, Caesar's Palace. Holds about 150 people. The tour will be a wonderful night singing singing classics. Sounds a bit dull already, doesn't it, actually? I mean, I don't want to, I'm not being rude, actually. I'm just being practical about the whole thing and thinking there's only certain people. The more shows you do, the less chance there is. People will be offloading tickets left, right and centre. Seriously, I, I, just, I just don't see it's going to work out. Here's old Sarah Ferguson again. Why is it every time I look at a picture of Sarah Ferguson, I think creepy? I don't know why. I just always imagine her lying on that sun lounger, having her toes sucked. That's the only image I have in my mind and her two lazy daughters... But they say she's a spendthrift. 
She's wearing the same dress she wore in 2014 in Toronto, 2015 in Cannes and 2016 in Gothenburg. Who cares? She's Sarah Ferguson. Who cares about her? Her and her boring daughters. And uh, and they were out at a, at a charity gala with her daughter, Beatrice. I mean, you know, Beatrice, the one not blessed with the looks out of the family. I mean, it really is. It's a lazy family. They're trying desperately to try and turn things around about her. But, you know, the public don't like Sarah Ferguson. They don't like the daughters. They don't seem to like Prince Andrew either. What can we do? Martine says, if only Tesco's would keep out the riffraff so people like me can shop without harassment. <laughs> I like that idea. Isn't it funny that there is still the, the snobbery attached to supermarkets? So, in other words, if you actually shop in, in Waitrose, you're seen as an upmarket person. Uh, if you shop in Marks and Spencers, you're seen as an upmarket person. The next one down would probably be Sainsbury's. Then I would think after Sainsbury's would probably uh, come Tesco's. Then after that, it would be Aldi. Um, Asda. So Asda would fit in somewhere around the Tesco thing. And then it would be Aldi and then Morrison's. And I think that's... That's the way that it would go. It would always be Waitrose at the top of the list. You know, because people go, oh, it's... And, and, and then Iceland at the very bottom. But I was in Iceland the other day. So, I mean, I think you can mix and match. I mean, I put it way, I wouldn't buy any vegetables in Iceland because I've tried them before and I, I thought they were terrible. And uh, I did buy... What is that? I bought crispy duck in there. I don't think mine had eaten anything. I think my, my duck had come from... I don't know where it came from, but there wasn't much of it, let's put it that way. By the time I'd heated it up in the oven, I mean, to be honest, I had to get a torch and go around the oven working out where the bloody duck had gone to. I thought it's hiding in a corner somewhere. In fact, actually, had I eaten the photograph on the front of the box, it would have been nicer. <laughs> but it didn't work out like that. You just shop around, don't you? You just go to different places. But uh, I, I know that uh, Waitrose gets shoplifted. I think everywhere gets shoplifted. Everywhere gets shoplifted. And um, uh, somebody says, try eBay and see if there's a broken Christmas album. I doubt there is one, says Martine. Listen, I'm trying to find out uh, if, uh, if Bross ever did a Christmas album. And I have a sneaking feeling that they uh, that they didn't. They didn't. I mean, uh, I, don't, I don't know why, actually. I just don't see Brossy. You know, it just, it just doesn't kind of work, does it? Bross sing the classics. Well, Luke didn't sing anyway. It was all Matt and it was all multi-tracked. So let's wait and see what the concerts are like. We've got ages to go yet. We've got the best part of a year. So by that time, he'll have done his six Christmas concerts. God help him if they don't turn out to be sold out or, uh, or over-egged on. I don't know why, why the press have fallen for this. I really don't. I've, I've been watching all their interviews on the television and it was just of the period. Just of the... There are certain things you can bring back and certain things you can't. And I would have thought that would be one of those that you couldn't. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. So I did... I was talking earlier on about, um, about going out for our Byron burger the other day. And the advice is don't order too much food because you'll end up wasting it. You know, onion rings. But I've never seen such big onion rings in my entire life. They were absolutely enormous. I only managed two of them, and I love onion rings. Oh, there's a person I'd like to talk to. Who's that? Oh, that's um, these are all these people getting these medals from Obama. Would you like a medal? Yes, have have a medal. Thank you. What's it for? I don't no idea, no idea. But all sorts of people get medals, and uh, they like them. It's obviously his last act in office, and then Trump will be handing out stuff later as well. And they rescued a cat from a tree. I always think leave, leave cats up trees or telegraph. They'll always come down. They'll always, if I was up there on telegraph pole, I wouldn't be coming down anytime soon. I hate things like that. Frightens the life out of me. Frightens the life out of me. I don't do heights. So I can't do, you know, I can't even do a chair. 
I seriously can't do a chair. I just don't like anything like that. In fact, it makes me go quite cold. Um, Martine says, uh, I know what to do with Miss Ferguson and her lazy daughters. They really are, aren't they? They really are. You know, one of them, she's over in New York at a charity do with her mother because she's quit her job. Not that I thought she ever actually did any work there. They were so pleased to get her, thinking, that'll be nice, won't it? That'll be nice. We can have a member of the royal family working. You know, but they've all learnt the younger members how to be bone idle and get away with it. Harry's swanning around on another holiday, you know, with his open neck shirt. I mean, making no effort to dress up at all. It's be like the Queen turning up in, in a pair of Levi's. You know, with a crop top on or something like that. Peter Andre celebrating. Celebrating, at least you've made some more money before Christmas. Thank God for that. Selling pictures of the baby. That'll be good. I'm sure he will. He's also got Junior and Princess and Amelia. So now we've got the latest one. He'll be called Cash Cow. I think that's probably the best way to describe one of the uh, one of the children. Uh, sandbags at the ready, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm loving Cake High instead. Robbie Williams who apparently gets, uh, he says he's so sober, even cake gives him hangovers. And Cheryl says honey will be a monster, unlike your career, uh, which has kind of disappeared completely. I don't know where we go with that one at all. But um, anyway, she says to her family in Newcastle were raving about the 35-year-old rapper. Actually, I've got a funny little bit from the paper about, uh, about Honey G, otherwise known as the fake. I think it's easier to say that. Uh, child abuse inquiry has become a farce. Trump could give Farage a top job. Uh, sandbags, because more floods on the way. Uh, the British rape victim who was held in Dubai. The footage shows the sex was consensual. So what they're basically saying is she's a liar. Uh, Tesco make the state pupils queue. They've now changed it. And the former England star Paul Stewart says he was sexually abused by the same football coach for many years. All of that and more... After this, you're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Wednesday, 23rd of November. You're well. I only ask that, JJ. You don't have to shout back. It's not one of those sort of radio programmes that uh, we kind of get there. Madonna's son, from page of the sun this morning. That's not so good. In drugs bust, they've said. Makes it sound very dramatic. The fact he's 16 and uh, the neighbours dobbed him in makes it marginally more interesting. Uh, the brave woman who inspired a list mover. You know when people have been told that they've got really bad news, they don't have very long to live, and they do a list of all the things that they want to do before they die. And this woman has inspired a movie. I think it's going to be an absolute tearjerker. I'm terrible at things like that. I'm really bad. Peter Andre's become a father again. You'd think he'd actually concentrate on maybe finding a job first. And bad news. Four million pounds robbed from some tourists who... And when I say £4 million, that was just the jewellery. I think it's two women from Kuwait who go on holiday to France. You'd have thought, actually, you'd have realised after the Kardashian thing. That's gone a bit quiet, doesn't it? That, uh, that people would not be taking jewellery. When you go on holiday, you know, when I go on holiday, I don't get my little jewellery box out. And I think, right, I'll take that ring and that ring and that necklace and stuff like that. I just think, I'm going on holiday, I'm not going to be wearing jewellery. Actually, I'm not a jewellery person anyway. I mean, I've got a couple of tiaras, but I mean, it's nothing really major at all. It's the kind of things the Queen Mother would wear. So, you know, I'm thinking, so they get robbed. It's quite clearly an inside job. Otherwise, how would you know? They were driving from the airport in their Bentley and they get held up and they get robbed of everything. When I say everything, everything. They were pepper sprayed, apparently. And these robbers took their um, uh, jewellery. They took their clothes. They took everything. And they were with the driver and you think, somebody must have known about it. It was like, you know, we all thought it was very odd about the Kardashian robbery in Paris. They're in a place, there's no CCTV, and she's been staying there with £10 million worth of jewellery. It's 
all very odd, isn't it? I don't, I don't like the... Uh, I don't like people taking that much money. That's just ridiculous. Uh, another one here from uh, from Jane who says these girls are bone idle. This is uh, Beatrice and her sister Eugenie. But surely, with the pantomime season coming up, they could make an honest living over Christmas. Do you know? I don't even think they could manage that. I really don't think it. I think they've they've decided that as their father's not exactly been the most hardest working throughout his career, and we don't know what he does at the moment. They just faff around, don't we? I don't think the Queen's got any control over her children at all. I really don't. Uh, and then Richard, poor soul, obviously lives out in Weybridge, and he says you're wrong. He says Morrison's have been awarded many awards this year. The share price. It doesn't matter. It's where the public see them. It's where the public see them. It doesn't matter whether they've been given awards, they've got lovely food or anything else. They're seen as cheap. And cheap does not go down well, you know. And I'm quite sure that there is a Morrison's in Weybridge. It's their VIP store in the UK. And they've got national pricing policy. So what it costs in Hull is the same as Weybridge. It doesn't matter. It's the fact that Aldi, Morrison's, Asda, they're seen as being down market compared to Marks and Spencer's. Marks and Spencer's can raise the prices. We used to have a little Morrison's in Twickenham. It closed, which was just as well, actually, because somebody was about to blow the lid off how vile the manager was. And I can't even begin to tell you the story of what the manager got up to in there, because I only heard about it from a lady who used to work in there. And to be honest with you, it was, you know, I, I advised her to go to the police. I seriously thought it was that, that serious. So, you know, you might think that more, and I'm sure it's lovely. I don't have a problem with any supermarkets. I'm just telling you, the public perception is that Waitrose and M&S would be right at the top of their gain. And uh, then you'd have Sainsbury's, then you'd probably have Asda and Tesco's, and then you would come down to Morrison's. And then at the bottom, well, no matter how successful they are, and they are very successful, would be Iceland. But the sort of people who would probably shop in Waitrose... I mean, I've got a friend of mine. He wouldn't set foot in Iceland. Seriously. I go in there on a regular basis. I like going in there. In fact, last week I bought Twiglets. And uh, what else do I get in there? I get all sorts of... I buy packets of water because their water's really cheap. You get three for a quid. Whereas, in fact, if you go to Marks and Spencer's, it's three for three pounds. So cheaper in Iceland. It's only water, for God's sake. Like, it either comes from a tap somewhere or a mountain spring. I don't know. And, uh, and they do special offers on sweets, which I bring in. So it doesn't matter. It's just where it's seen in the chain, isn't it? And if, in fact, if you go through Iceland's freezers, they've got loads of posh food. Venison. They've got ribs with Jack Daniels and stuff. You know, it's a really posh food. It's just that I don't think the, the, the quality is the same. I might be wrong. I might be wrong. But that's the public perception. That's the way it works. I've said before... It's like going into, say, uh, Bottoms Up, which is a wine chain, and you're going, I'll have two, two bottles of Dom Perignon at 60 quid a bottle, whatever, I can't remember what it is. And they go, actually, we've got Bottoms Up own brand, and it's only £29. You go, so? <laughs> I wouldn't touch it with a barge pole. Might be, it might be as good, if not better. It might be absolutely brilliant, but I, I don't care. I would rather buy a branded bottle. I would rather spend the money on a bottle of Dom Perignon or Cristal or something like that. You know, I, I give away champagne at, at Christmas to some people. Uh, other people get the, the bottoms up kind of substitute because it just isn't the same. I'm sure if you were serving it, it's like somebody said, oh, don't, don't, don't buy Costco's Prosecco, buy Waitrose Prosecco. And I said, I'm quite happy with Costco's. I like the taste of it. I've tried Waitrose. I've tried Marks and Spencer's. They're, they're good for, you know, if I can't get any Costco stuff. But at the moment, I'm surviving quite nicely on the Costco stuff. It's, it's, it's what you perceive, isn't it? It's what you perceive. It's like I can't wait for the Christmas food to start coming out and then I can have a good old go at that because we always try it. They're very unimaginative with their Christmas food. 
I mean, some of it is quite dreary and quite expensive for what it is. So they always offer such good deals, don't they? You know, four for the price of three, get the cheapest item free and all that kind of stuff, which is okay. I I don't, um, I don't, uh, I don't mind about things like that. I I really don't, actually. Uh, Somebody said, obviously, uh, somebody yesterday must have been talking about uh, sausage meat. And and I've said that the sausages that I eat are Marks and Spencer's Chipolatas because they're 97% meat. Uh, and I think you'll find the Richmond sausages, they're, they're the ones which kind of glow. They're a bit phosphorescent. When you take them out of the packet, you go, my God, what colour pink is that? And they're only around 60% meat, which means there's 40% other stuff in there, which would be fillers. Tesco Special, 60, uh, sorry, 92%. Marks and Spencer's, most, uh, I think that's the highest. 97% meat or 98% meat. And that's what you want. You don't want fillers in, in sausages. Uh, my local 31 Bush and Camden schools... Um, a few yobs who are doing certain things. I videoed, sent it to the headmistress. Oh, kids behave very badly. I could actually film on a daily basis. Kids from some posh schools around Twickenham. The foulest mouths you've ever heard in your entire life. Seriously, I've sat on the train before now. And, uh, and I felt like turning around and going, excuse me, do you normally swear like this? Very embarrassing, very embarrassing. There is a Frankie Goes to Hollywood Christmas album. And, um, but, uh, but there's nothing, we can't find anything else at all at the moment. So thank you for that. If anybody can find a Bross Christmas album, do let me know. We know they sold 25 million albums. We know, or 17 million, whatever it is. And we know that they sort of had sellout shows, but it was 30 years ago. 30 years ago. OK, it's never going to happen again. I don't think so. I don't think so. Might be wrong, but I think it's uh, unlikely. If I'm buying macaroons, I'd buy them in Waitrose rather than the Iceland one, says Martin. Yeah, everybody's got a taste, haven't they? Everybody's got... Oh, they did do a Christmas single, Silent Night. I think uh, Bross did it. Well, it must be Matt then, really. Perhaps we've got a little clip of it, which we can play for you, which is quite nice. We'll, we'll try and work out how we do that in a minute. We'll play you a little bit of, uh, of, of Bross singing Silent Light, which is good, isn't it? Uh, Jonathan says, I'm wondering if you're a Shirley Bassey fan and going to the 80th birthday show hosted by David Walliams on Saturday, London Studio, South Bank. Oh, it's, it's going to be quite good, actually. I've got a bid in for David Walliams, but I've, I've a feeling it won't, uh, it won't actually come off. I don't know why. He's, he, sort of, he, he came in last time to do interviews, and he came in and did one, and then decided he didn't want to do any more interviews. So I thought, oh, there you go. Coming up to, uh, to Christmas, we'll have to wait and see, shall we? And if, uh, if a, an interview is forthcoming, then forthcoming it will be. Uh, Stephen in Edinburgh. He says, I know what you're saying about supermarkets. However, Iceland was the only retailer whose meals didn't contain horse meat. <laughs> It, it just goes, though, doesn't it, really? It's the way, it's the, way the public perceive things. I mean, listen, if, if horse meat was bad for us, we'd all be dropping dead like flies. But in fact, we've probably been eating it for ages and ages and ages. And it hasn't actually made any difference at all. Uh, Richard says, want to come for a visit then? You must be joking. I wouldn't visit Weybridge. It's gone so far down the hill, honestly, Richard. You know, it used to be a really good area. <laughs> it says, you can have a Ferrari lunches with, with my wife. And I, some three or four times a year at Daphne's. Mm. They're trying to tempt me with things like that. Honestly, I'm way above that kind of thing. <laughs> way above it. Uh, Damien says, where on the list is Lidl? Well, I'm afraid, you know, it's a German supermarket and uh, it's very popular, but it's not up there with the, uh, with the top ones. We've got a bit of Bross. So here's a little bit of Bross singing. I think it's Silent Night.
voice has broken since those halcyon days. It's lovely, and you've got... Uh, I don't think there's much drumming goes on on that particular song. Silent Night is more a kid, a kid's thing that they sing at the, at the nativity, isn't it? But, um, it was lovely, wasn't it? Doesn't that bring a tear to your eye? It'll be conjunctivitis. OK, just thought I'd let you know now. No, it's, I mean, it's lovely, but perhaps they should have brought... You know, I'd like to see a Matt Goss singing Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Hark the Herald... It must be quite difficult singing that high, mustn't it? Perhaps he hasn't... Uh, perhaps he's not been through puberty. Perhaps there's something, you know, people have got unnaturally high voices, haven't they? And, uh, well, it'll be, well, wait and see. Let's wait and see, OK? Let's reserve judgment. Apparently, in Little, you can get 12 bottles of water for one eighty nine. says Paul. It worries me that people would know that kind of information. It really does. I don't mind, actually. Listen, everybody's got their, their favourite supermarkets. You know, people like all sorts of things. Lynn says, Iceland sell cheaper food, mostly with palm oil that destroys large areas, decimating wildlife and so on and so forth. Listen, I should imagine you could probably go through every single supermarket and find that they all do something that's going to upset somebody somewhere. You know, the people who go to Iceland might not be the people who go to Waitrose. And the people who go to Waitrose might not be the people who go to Asda. And the people who go to Asda might never have been in a Marks and Spencer's. But it doesn't matter, does it? Everybody goes where they want to go nowadays. It's your money. You can do what you want with it. You can sort of take it round and spread it round. Although I do think it's false economy when you end up, you know, trying lots of different supermarkets. You stagger back with all sorts of bags and stuff like that. I wish, I'm just looking forward to the Christmas markets. I hope they've got one in Kingston this year because uh, I quite like it. I, I don't believe it's anything to do with Christmas. I just think it's another old tat being sold, you know, wooden items. Who cares? I only go there for the sausages with cheese in. That's the only thing I go for. I don't go for anything else. And I stand there, and they're generally so hot, you bite into it, and the boiling hot cheese hits the roof of your mouth. And then the next bit, you've got skin hanging off inside. Ooh, horrible. Dreadful. But I do enjoy them. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Uh, somebody says, I love you guys for having different talk show hosts with different opinions. But tell Steve Allen to stop taking shots at babies. What? You want medication or something? You want drugs? What are you on? Okay, we, we must be on something because when it when it's got his location, it's got somewhere in the United. He doesn't even know where he is. Poor soul, honestly. I love you guys for having. Well, have you noticed that the contradiction? Perhaps is is too simple to not realise. I love you guys for having different talk show hosts with different opinions. So I'm a different talk show host with the audience, by the way, uh, with a different opinion. But tell Steve to stop taking shots at babies. You're not in the real world, are you, pal? Really not. I love you guys. Strange boy with beard. Never mind. Uh, I would rather shop in supermarkets, Steve, where the price is affordable and reasonable. Not all the time. No, 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 no. No, you've got to check. You've got to check. Uh, Ben says, I agree, I'm the same. I'm always telling people in life, if you pay more, then you get better quality. Well, it's, it's, it's like a lot of things, isn't it? You sometimes think you are. Sometimes, of course, you're not. Uh, and Malcolm says, when you said what you buy in Iceland, you didn't mention the mince pies. I didn't mention the mince pies. You're quite right. I didn't. I didn't mention the mince pies. And I've always said, Chris, in Bradford, that you should support local shops, whether it's a butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker, the fruit and veg, everything. You should always support local shops, because once you lose them to the big conglomerates who are out there, who really, it doesn't make a difference whether they've got three people buying a cup of coffee or nobody. Have you noticed that Stelios is opening up coffee shops? He's going to open 300, he said. How much is he charging for a cup of coffee? Pound. A pound. It's going to knock the other coffee shop. But they don't care. They just offset from one to the other. So that's why they dominate the high street. It's all we've got. You end up with high streets just full of all the coffee shops. Because once one opens, you get the rest of them. And once you've got one, you've got another four. And once you've got the four, 
then your high street's decimated already. And it's just people who sit round drinking overpriced coffee. If Stelios is going to do it and do it at a pound a cup, I mean, let's face it, you could do it for 50p and still make a profit. So it shows how much money the other people are paying. And of course, the difference is they're not paying any tax. That's the, that's the right way forward. Martin says, if memory serves me, the Bross Silent Night did go down well with the critics. I know. I, I just think it's going to go a bit pear-shaped here. I do think so. Uh, somebody else was uh, talking about shopping in supermarkets, thinking that, see, that's, that's the whole thing. Because people go to a supermarket, it was the one-stop shop, saved you having to write checks out in the early days for different places that you would go to. I'm always amazed at how many people you know, they sort of go out to buy their sh- and they don't have any money on them. And they either put it on a credit card or they, um, or they I've never seen anybody write a check out. In fact, I don't know anybody who writes checks out now at all. Even I've got to pay my VAT very shortly. I don't think we've written a check out for the VAT for ages. You write, uh, we, we, we just do uh, bank transfer, which we, we can do, which we can do. Uh, Steve, everybody seems to shop at M&S Food in the run-up to Christmas. Can't move in there the last couple of weeks, says Janet. I know. Well, I see people in all the supermarkets come Christmas Eve or the day before pushing out trolleys like there's no tomorrow. Like, the shops are not closed, really. They, they, they close for Christmas Day and then they're, then they're open again. So who, what are these people doing? What are these people doing? Um, another one here. So a lot of people are talking about buying food in different places. It's sort of false economy. So that's not uh, not so great, is it really? But uh, I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure it'll be fine. Uh, the other story is uh, Rooney. Front page of the Daily Star. Rooney's sex on the beach shock. This is uh, an old brass called Jenny Thompson. Set to reveal all. I don't quite know. Let's have to find out where, she, where she's revealing it. Oh, there's a picture of uh, Ola Jordan in the paper. That'll be the bland one. That was the one described in one of our national newspapers as so dull she blended in with the foliage. She's as boring as heck. It's so dull. And now her little husband, because he's not working at the moment, uh, sparked rumours he may be heading into the jungle saying, I want it to be hardcore. You silly little person. That was the one who was dropped from Strictly because, frankly, he's, a, he's, a, he's not all there in the upstairs department. And um, he says, I'm hoping that uh, I will be sent into the camp to stir up trouble. He's arrived in Brisbane, presumably to get ready for her eviction, because I think she's going to be the first one out, mainly due to being boring. I mean, she's contributed nothing to the programme. I mean, she is so bland and so dull... You kind of you kind of lose the will to live with her. I feel a bit sorry for her, really, that she's so boring. It's only I, I did say though, I did say that in fact, you know, she would be the person who would be letting everybody down on there because she's got nothing to talk about. I mean, absolutely. Not. What, what what can she talk about? She hasn't done anything. So who's going to spill the beans on television? This is Jenny Thompson, who claims she sh- slept with Wayne Rooney seven times. Well, you're a hooker, dear. That's what you do. What do you do? Jigsaws or something? Apparently, she's threatening to spill the beans on their sex sessions. God, old brass has sex with bloke for money. <gasps> oh, Jenny, that is so racy-pacy, love. Where's she going to do it? She's joined the hit MTV show. Uh, this is uh, X on the Beach. Well, she's got nothing else going on in her life, has she? She was vile on the television before. What a foul mouth. Horrible piece of work. But there again, you know, once a tart, always a tart. Uh, she used to advertise herself as Juicy Jen. <laughs> bit tacky, really. And uh, he was said to have met up for steamy two-hour hotel trysts. Well, she's a hooker. That's what she does. And so she's threatening to spill the beans. I'd be very careful, lovey. Very careful. You know, people always say this, don't they? I shall go on television and spill the beans. We heard that from drip of the moment, Wayne Bridge. 
And I'm a celebrity, get me out of it. Yes, he was going to be talking about John Terry and how they shared the same girlfriend. And, uh, and then he gets into the jungle and he suddenly realises what a bore he is. The conversations with him and Frankie What's-Her-Face from the Saturdays, they must sit down there comparing Janet and John colouring books. Dreary, dreary, dreary. I mean, I, I'm really quite bored with it. And another um, one here, people talk about Romeo Beckham. Apparently, uh, just checked Instagram, says Kay. Victoria's posted a video of her song singing Make of It What You Will. Let's just say thank goodness for auto-tune. I did, she could never sing. Count, watch, watch the video of, ah, uh, tell you what you want, what you really, really want, and count how far into the song it is before Victoria Beckham utters a note. Utters a note. Seriously, you're so far into it, it's, it's, it's just, it's just even feature, poor soul. Uh, my husband's favourite piece of music, says Carol, is Silent Night. He's made me promise that if he goes first, we'll sing it at his funeral. I don't see why not. He chose it for our wedding in 1980 on the 15th of March and the vow renewal on the 19th of March 2005. 78 degrees, blazing sun and a Christmas carol. How lovely. I like that idea. Silent night. I just like carols. At the moment, I'm sort of taken, as you know, with pipes and drums, mast bands, Edinburgh military tattoo. And I've discovered they do it all over the world. Basel, they do it. And uh, they've done it in Belfast. And just amazing. The sound of the pipes and the drums. Oh, God, it's wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. I love anything like that. And hearing mast bands and choirs singing Christmas carols, you know, the whole caboodle. Chuck it all in, please. Thank you. I love it. I love it. Uh, Richard says, uh, good job that no one aside me is listening to you. Ha, 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 ha. Biggest audience on the radio. Don't want to make a big deal about it, but, you know, when, once you've got it, you have to kind of wave it as a, as a, as a sword of Damocles above, above somebody's head. <laughs> uh, somebody says, apparently, uh, oh, Dennis says you're a very funny guy. Oh, there you go, whatever. Uh, and Jay Patel says the high street is now full of charity shops, mobile phones and betting shops. And uh, We don't have so many betting shops. I, I remember Iceland and it was B-Jam, says, uh, says Mark. Yes, I remember B-Jams very well indeed. I remember B-Jams. That was the forerunner, wasn't it? Martin says I use my debit card when food shopping. Ah. And Jason, my sovereign man, says, oh, and uh, on the M1, seeing drivers with no fog lights on. Very thick out here, like some drivers. I know. I see people, I saw a guy driving through Twicken the other day, obviously a simpleton, obviously nicked the car because he had no lights on the car. He's driving through with no lights on. This is like two o'clock in the morning. You think to yourself, are you very, it's at times like that. You want to have one of those Doctor Who ray guns and you just aim it at them and go, and the car vanishes and you never see them ever again. That'd be fun, wouldn't it, really? Uh, Front page of the uh, Express today. It's another picture. It must be, it's the old picture, actually. It's it's the old picture, I think, of uh, Farage. And Trump, which is great. MPs want to seize Greedy Green's yacht to pay for the BHS pensions. It's gone a bit quiet, hasn't it? And uh, here we go. This is uh, Harry. His trip to the island he visited with Diana months before she died. He was, of course, a little boy. And they've got lots of half-naked people. And Harry, of course, doing his old man dancing again. If there's one thing he can't do, because Harry has got two left feet, it's dance. But he can sort of kick a little ball around with little children. He can't do it with anybody of any sort of age. Uh, they say that Green's homes could be seized. And they always say could be, could be. It's like the other day we got excited, didn't we? We're going to try and rescue the NHS. And the reason we're going to try and rescue is it because all these people arriving in having children and free operations on the NHS are slowly bankrupting it. It's as simple as that. They're now going to take 10 billion away from it. By the year 26, uh, 2020, somebody said, I think, the other day, uh, you won't have an NHS. And you'll be like America. You'll be paying for it. If you don't have insurance, 
you die. It's as simple as that. They're not wasting any time. Uh, and I think over here it's now got beyond a joke. People come over here, they get thousands of pounds worth of treatment. I'd be going down the hospital ward. Passport. Passport. Now. Now. Show me. Out. Out. Or failing that, come up with a credit card. Makes more sense, doesn't it? Come up with a credit card. Uh, please don't mention beans or food, because for the last three days I've been waiting for a cooker to be delivered. Says Dave. Oh dear, that's a bit... I was talking to a lady the other day. She's, she's waiting to have her boiler put in. She's having a new central heating system put in. And I thought, wow... That sounds a bit exciting. What on earth is that a picture of? Oh, starfish washed up on a beach. Hundreds of them. Hundreds and hundreds. And at uh, Seaham, the lighthouse there, covered by a plume of water. A bit like people's cars. Not so good, is it? You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, every Wednesday, 23rd of November. I said it's going through fast. I mean, it really is going through very fast. I've just uh, worked out the other day, and I did only just work it out the other day. Uh, just let you know, over Christmas, I'm here Christmas Day for breakfast, uh, which we've done for a number of years. I'm also here, I discovered, Boxing Day for breakfast as well, between 7 and 10. I get a bit of a lion. It's a bit exciting, really. I've never had a lion before. So Christmas Day, Boxing Day and New Year's Day. I'm here for breakfast between 7 and 10, so we look forward to your company then. If you're one of those people who doesn't go away for Christmas or you're by yourself, then you can always uh, tune in to the programme. We'll try and make it as entertaining as humanly possible. But uh, if you're somebody on drugs, so I'm, I'm kind of including Rocco on this one because Rocco makes the front page of the paper today. He's been dealt with by the police. Now, when they say they deal with it, they can. if somebody's caught with a small amount of cannabis, this is where you make... Sploffs, is it or something? Anyway, something like that. And um, and if you're caught with a little amount of it, they can deal with it at the roadside. You've seen them, you know, when the when the when the, the motorway cops stop people and they go, you you, I see somebody with a sploff, and they go, okay, and and they go, so I'll deal with it at the roadside. And so he's been bailed and dealt with by Camden Borough's youth offending team. Uh, they saw him sitting on a wall, presumably with some sort of sploff or something, and then he sort of and then he's he's spliff. Oh, spliff, right. Spliff, apparently. And then he and then he drops this thing on the ground and they then discover it's cannabis. Then they search him. And they discover a little bit in his rucksack. Now, I don't have any problem with... If, if you're stupid enough, you want to do drugs, that's your problem. I couldn't care less. You know, you can, you can mainline as far as I'm concerned. Nothing to do with me. You can only go by the guidance of your parents. You can only go by, hopefully, Guy, Guy Ritchie saying, if you do drugs, you know, and you die, we're going to be kind of upset. So don't do drugs. Because most people go from cannabis... And then they try other bits and pieces. It's generally, it's an experimental phase that people go through. Some people experiment with drink. Some people experiment with eating cream cakes. It's all, it's an addiction in somebody's eyes. Perhaps it makes him feel big. He's a bit wayward. He's 16. He's a bit of a plank. You know, he's got, he didn't want to go with his mother in America. And so what worries me is that he's got friends. Brooklyn Beckham is one of his closest friends. I would like to think, as I'm sure you would as well, that the Beckhams have warned their children and sat down with them when mummy and daddy are together and talked to them about the, uh, the dangers of doing drugs. It's not big. It's not clever. You've all seen the state of Daniela Westbrook. That's, you know, how bad it gets. You've seen the state of all these people. Kerry Coke Toner. We've seen them. They are not role models. They're stupid people. You know, I couldn't care. Somebody wants to drink themselves to death. That's their problem. But when somebody's 16, you can only watch them. Now, the trouble is, if he's been smoking cannabis, and it, because he had some on him and he was smoking a, um, a, a spliff, then, you know, that's his business. He obviously does it, and he, he might do it on a regular basis. I don't know. I shouldn't imagine it's the first time. I mean, 
everybody, I'm assuming, has done it or at some point. You've always had some addiction. And that's what worries me. Pot cops and two smoking buddies. Caught with dope, neighbours rang the police. I think the neighbours have had enough. And I think that they will, they will call the shots again. If they see him out and they see him smoking something that looks slightly dodgy, they'll, they'll have him again. And uh, Madonna's going to be really cross over this one, whether or not uh, Guy Ritchie... Uh, is going to be saying anything to him. Because at 16, if he's going off the rails at 16, it's downhill. Seriously, it's downhill. No matter whether they stand there and argue, and, you know, and he's quite headstrong. For that, read, he's a bit arrogant. So he needs to be very, very careful. Uh, the Kinder Egg Firm, which makes £1.5 in the UK, but doesn't pay a single penny in tax. Oh, there we go again. There we go again. The makers have paid no UK corporation tax, but they've raked in £1.44 billion. Is anybody paying tax in this country? Is it just me? Am I the only one paying tax? There's a picture of the, um, of the home in Romania. It's a mansion. But as usual, people who've got money in Romania and they build mansions, they're always slightly tacky. This one looks very tacky indeed. Last year, the British division had record sales of £305 million, gross profit £112 million, but they recorded a net loss of £15 million. A spokesman explained, our long-term investment means that at present we're recording a pre-tax loss in this market. The last time it paid corporation tax here was when it coughed up half a million in 2008. Sales back then, £137 million. Apparently, the tax expert Roger, uh, Robert Leach says the company's method of operation is routinely to make a loss in the UK. He said, but that would not mean that the company is not a going concern. It's a legal fiddle, isn't it? It's a legal fiddle. And uh, you're buying into it. But then every time you go in one of these coffee shops on the high street, you're buying into people that don't contribute diddly squat to this country. Absolutely nothing at all. It's terrible, isn't it, really? Terrible. Anyway, anyway. As I say, it's enough things that make you go mad. Uh, also, Kanye West, he's had a psychotic breakdown, they say. Um, although his mum-in-law says he's exhausted. Not that she knows anything. She's not medically qualified. And uh, somebody said he's spiralling out of control. He was always out of control. He attacked a worker at his gym. He was taken to hospital, cuffed to a stretcher. And he's had all these things. I mean, if you remember, I mean, if I, if I remember and I refresh your memory... Uh, he vows to boycott the MTV Video Music Awards after five nominations, and he lost to the Black Eyed Peas in 2007. Uh, he then said George Bush in 2005 doesn't care about black people. His mother Donda dies as a result of complications relating to plastic surgery in 2007. 2008 charged with vandalism. 2009 grabs microphone from Taylor Swift and praises a Beyonce video. Stupid. If I was if I was Taylor Swift, I'd have pushed him off the stage. Uh, then on September, he insisted that disabled fans stand up at his concert in Sydney. They're in wheelchairs, by the way. Uh, February, he asked billionaire Facebook bot Mark Zuckerberg to help him out of his debt. He's, uh, he's so stupid, is Kanye. He owes £53 million. He went spectacularly bankrupt because he's an idiot. Uh, October, his wife Kim Kardashian robbed at gunpoint, we think. And in November, he comes out in support of Donald Trump, despite not voting in the election quits a gig and cancels the remaining 21 US tour dates. <laughs> what a loser. Loser! Kanye, the loser. But uh, they stretched it off to hospital, cuffed. Uh, the two tourists were Qatari visitors in a chauffeur-driven Bentley, and um, they were robbed of £4 million worth of cash, jewellery and designer clothes in another Paris heist. Apparently, they were, they were stopping uh, out of the airport. They stopped at a motorway service station. Hello! You don't see the alarm bells ringing here. Do you not think maybe they should be quizzing the chauffeur in this one? 
Oh, sorry. So we, you didn't get petrol before, and we've called into a motorway service station, and that's where we were robbed of £4 million. OK, some people coming in on a plane. OK, they've got loads of cash and money. It's ridiculous, isn't it? A source close to the police inquiry admitted it was a spectacular heist. The victims were terrified. Of course they were. They landed in a private jet. What are the chances of picking on somebody's car in a motorway service station and finding four million quid inside and two terrified women and a driver going, it's them, it's them, they've got the money, they've got the money at the back. (laughs) I mean, it's just ridiculous. Kanye West, of course, when he finally gets out of hospital, uh, he's vowed to track down the robbers of Kim Kardashian's money. Jack and Ori, Jack and Ori, Jack and Ori. It's not going to be happening any time soon, is it? You can't trust him, really. You really can't, uh, can't trust him at all. So we'll wait and see. And, uh, Steve, I've just seen the story about Rocco Ritchie's neighbours complaining about him smoking cannabis. I can completely understand the issue. Every evening when coming in from work, I walk into our block of flats to a massive waft of the stuff. The teacher next door does it. The smell of it comes into my flat and it's awful. Yes, I mean, you can always tell. It's either that or it could be a herbal cigarette. But in the case of Rocco Ritchie, it was cannabis. So he was given a warning. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, I must be incredibly dumb or naive. I wouldn't know where to go and buy cannabis. I mean, can you just go up to somebody in a pub and go, so, do, do you have anybody, any, anybody selling weed? Any, any chance for any weed? That's something I, I've got, I've got five pounds. Does that get me much weed nowadays? I don't know how much you pay for it. I'm assuming that his mummy and daddy are going to be saying, where would you get the money from? Big slap round the back of the legs. Send him off to bed with no, no tea. But I suspect not, because most of these parents don't understand what kids do half the time anyway. He's sitting on a wall smoking a, a spliff. Spliff. Sitting on a wall smoking a spliff. It's ridiculous. Jane Moore in her column today. Always love Jane Moore's column. She talks about G- Gigi Hadid, obviously a person with no brain cell whatsoever. So what she does, she does um, a satirical impersonation of Melania Trump. And, uh, and then she, she probably thought of people go, oh, that's so funny. No, racist. Racist. She's had to apologise. She's had to eat so much humble pie. It's embarrassing. You know, the, the, the career could disappear after this. So she mimicked the Slovakian accent. I mean, you're a racist, Gigi. It's not your fault, dear. Perhaps you're too stupid to realise it. But uh, anyway, you know, it, it's not a case of mimicry. You're just another model. I don't know why we think that models are intelligent. Look at the breakdowns we've had from models. And, uh, and some of the ghastly models who've appeared in court, accused of bullying. Mind you, talking of bullying. Over in... I'm a celebrity. There's loads of bullying going over there. Scarlett Moffat and uh, Danny Baker have been accused of ganging up on the homes under the hammer. Martin Roberts, who just seems to cry on a regular basis. They all did it, though. They all cry. I mean, you know, they all sort of miss people and everything else. Martin had to be comforted by Wayne Bridge, a man who's got his own demons to deal with out there. It is like a lot of lame ducks, isn't it, really? You feel a bit sorry for them that their life is so empty that somebody takes the mickey out. And you think, should you really be allowed on this programme? Let's face it, Martin Roberts shouldn't have been allowed on in the first place. He believes in spaceships. He believes in little green men. He's slightly doolally in the upstairs department. How can they put people on programmes like that? They did have to check him beforehand, apparently. They had to check that he was of sound mind and sound body. I mean, I just, I just feel a bit sorry for him that he's so desperate for the money that he's prepared to put himself through hell and be bullied by Danny Baker, who can probably be quite nasty, and Scarlett Moffat, who we've seen on the television, foul-mouthed little madam. Don't, don't buy into the old garbage. They go, of course she's losing weight. Who cares? That's what they're like as a person. The woman who inspired Mum's List movie uh, is in the centre pages of The Sun today. And it's lovely. It's really lovely. What they, they, the final thing they, they were looking for was a four-leafed clover and they finally got it 
they, they went to see the Northern Lights. They went round the Natural History Museum on roller skates. Because as far as I'm concerned, I am of the opinion that uh, if your mummy to two little boys who love their mummy and their daddy very much indeed, and, um, and you've been told that you're dying, uh, you come up with as many wishes as possible and everybody grants them because that's what you've earned. That's what you've earned. So when you get children who get diagnosed with terminal illnesses and they say they'd really like to go and swim with dolphins, well, then we'll blooming well make it possible that they go and swim with dolphins. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. It's not complicated. It's a case of that's what you get. Took them six years to find the four-leaf clover, but they found it in the end. They found it in the end. And uh, she wrote letters to the boys, because mummies do that and daddies do that. They write letters to people saying, you know, here are all the... Pi-. I've seen it. I've seen it countless times. And it just, it just makes you want to cry to pieces. It's just awful. Because you, you question, you know, excuse me, is there a God? Where is he? What is he doing? And they go, oh, it's to test you. I don't think these little children want to be tested. They just want their mummy. They want their mummy. And so they got 79 dying wishes. And they did all sorts of things. They, uh, one of them was teach the boys to respect women and not to double date. Never leave it more than a week before making up with someone because life is too short. They always say, don't they, don't go to bed on an argument. Because you should have it all cleared up before you go to bed because that's the way to do it. So, inspirational, of course. As inspirational as the little seven-year-old girl who died the other day and the 14-year-old girl who's been frozen and is over in America. All these people deserve some sort of inspirational thoughts from the rest of us. And that's why they're going to make a movie about it. Because I don't think they've ever made a movie about this thing. Guaranteed to have you crying into your cornflakes. But then, that's what life's about, isn't it? Take the rough with the smooth, as they say. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Ten to six is a come on up. It's no good luck. I know you want to lie in bed. I know you want to lie in bed. I know you don't want to get up and do anything. So you're going, it's miserable and it's warm in bed. I don't want to get up. We found our first new cloud. I didn't know they found clouds. I just thought they were there. But they found a new one. This one's spotted over North Wales. <laughs> Seems odd, doesn't it, really? I thought, well, cloud is a cloud is a cloud. I know we've heard of cumulus nimbus and all those other ones. But this one here is called Asperitas. And it's the first new type in more than 50 years. A mountaineer instructor called Patrick Hickey photographed this spectacular cloud during a climb in Snowdonia. And wait for this, there is actually such a place called the Cloud Appreciation Society. They've campaigned since 2006 for Asperitas to be labelled as a separate type after other sightings around the world. It's been now recognised by the World Meteorological Organisations and will be in their International Cloud Atlas. There's a Cloud Atlas after it's been named after the Latin word for roughness, because it resembles a stormy sea. And so it's not unique to North Wales. They found it around the world. Asperitus. There you go. The first new cloud for 50 years. Isn't that the worst news you've heard today? It's not very exciting at all, is it? Oh, look, here's a picture of um, Team GB's Lewis Smith. Ghastly. Publicly shamed when he appeared to mock Islam in a video. Then he had to go around apologising. Because apparently um, he's been secretly dating dancer Florence Edge, He's been out with quite a few people and he uses the internet, if you'll remember, for disporting himself. And that's about as bad as it gets for Lewis Smith. Shame he hasn't got the brain cells to realise. Martin says, I'm doing a Victorian Christmas this year. Oh, right. Wow. Which is interesting, actually. And, um, yeah, a Victorian Christmas. Were they quite nice, actually? Were they quite nice? I think so. 
Uh, Peter's in Thaden Boys. Always sounds very exotic, doesn't it? It always makes like, it sound like it should be in Germany or in Bavaria or in sort of rural France at Thaden Boys. Sounds lovely, because I, I keep saying to people, much as though you watch the ghastly cast of The Only Way is Essex, who represent nobody in Essex. Seriously, you, you, you go to Brentwood, you don't find anybody who looks like these over-made-up old mannequin dolls. Really, nothing at all. And says, I found LBC by mistake on Monday. On Monday. It's only been here for about 40 years, but it doesn't matter. He says, uh, I love your show, and um, but you're wrong of your criticism of Jordan. She's not selfish or materialistic at all. She's the woman whom, on her wedding to Mr Andre, stood upon the top table to make a speech instead of thanking family members. And she thanked the magazine for covering the wedding and putting another million into her bank account. I know. She's a bit tragic, as, as we know from one of her little boyfriends from some years ago, the one she met in America, and brought him back here. Uh, that she spends all of her days uh, on Google, Googling herself to see what people are saying about herself. hope she gets this programme. I always hope so, actually. You know, because I've always said I don't think the marriage to poor old Kieran, because she said in her latest book she's determined to make him suffer. Still, I mean, why he's such a dipstick and is still with her, I've got no idea. I suppose because they've got two children together and he doesn't have a work job as such. He'll have to, he'll have to hang around with her because she pays for everything and she makes him pay. She makes him pay. She loves the humiliation. That's why she, she can't stay with one person for very long. It's because they eventually realise that she's just not pleasant at all. Somebody said to me, the reason you mention her is because you're jealous of her. Why on earth would I be jealous of somebody who's so Botoxed and fillered that, that they look dreadful? Uh, Steve, did you see the Beckham's T-shirt for sale for charity? 90 and 40 pounds, says Eugene. Uh, no, I haven't actually. I, have to talk. I don't really actually pay too much attention to watch the Beckhams do. I'm more, I'm more worried about the way that things are going for poor Rocco. Very worried about that. Here's a picture of a fat bloke with no hair. Oh, it's Philip Green. I do beg your pardon. Here he is. Philip Green. And uh, the MPs want to seize Sir Shifty's yacht. They want it, they want it back uh, so that they can pay this, this shortfall. Uh, Adele says, I'm going to have another baby. People like sharing things, don't they? Have you noticed nowadays? You, you, you think that some people would be saying, oh, that's really exciting. I couldn't care less, actually. If she wants to have another baby, have another baby. That's good for her. Good for her. Sarah Vine's column. The lovies who loathe Trump are bigots, too. Uh, also, uh, what does she talk about here? I'm trying to find something. Oh, she talks about um, few things are more tedious than false modesty. Take, for example, she says, the actress Jennifer Lawrence face of Dior and the highest paid actress in the world, who tells Vanity Fair that she is so insecure, poor love, she feels like garbage. Look at the picture on the left in Sarah Vine's column. She said, and tell me if you believe a word of it. They all come up with it, don't they? I mean, it's like, you know, who'd have thought that Kanye West would be stretched off to hospital in handcuffs because he's lost the plot? I mean, who, who would have thought about that? Uh, who would have thought that he was so stupid and dumb that he couldn't handle his own money and lose his 53 million? Mind you, that's the bank's fault, isn't it? They always say if, if you owe money to the bank and it's like sort of £1,000, that's your problem. £10,000, your problem. £10 million, that's their problem. Let them worry about it. Uh, also, the, um, this is uh, 20,000 costumes. Uh, cost be damned. This is Star of the Crown. They're looking at uh, this, uh, this programme, which is all about uh, the Queen and, uh, and the clothes. Because they, it was Norman Hartnell, wasn't it, who I think actually... Uh, made a lot of the Queen's clothes. And she's, she's certainly better dressed than, uh, than Prince Harry, who's wandered off uh, on holiday. And he's posing with six beauty queens in Antigua. Surely some mistake. 
<laughs> Sorry, I don't want to be rude, but they don't look like beauty queens to me. Uh, Prince Harry again, can't really be bothered to put a tie on. Same old, same old suit, probably doesn't even clean his own shoes. And uh, what he does, I've got no idea. It's just jolly after jolly after jolly. Uh, the other pictures in the papers today, uh, the unseen Edward and Mrs Simpson wedding snaps. And uh, I always remember that dreadful picture of Mrs Simpson on her deathbed. Because they they had a house, didn't they? Which I think is owned by Mohammed El Fayed. I think he he bought it over in Paris, and uh, she was. I think one of the nurses took a picture of her in bed. And far from being the, they used to sort talk about Mrs Simpson, Wallace Simpson, as being some raving beauty. I must have missed that one completely. But they they brought a beautiful book out about this uh, this house. It's all been sort of done up now, and uh, absolutely lovely, absolutely one. It really is beautiful, beautiful house. Uh, the Tesco story, they've, uh, they've sort of uh, sorted that one out, so they don't need to worry about it. Uh, Shakespeare's column in the Daily Mail asking what Andy and Bojo chatted about at the palace. Got no idea, actually. I think Andy knows anything about anything. This is Prince Andrew, apparently. And, uh, and Boris Johnson. And uh, Fergie learns the art of recycling. Yes. Although, actually, there's a very, a very interesting column, isn't there? Which is the column today? I think... I think it's Anne Widdicombe. Uh, sometimes I like Anne Widdicombe's columns. Sometimes I sort of think it's, you know, I, I wish she wouldn't talk about certain things because it doesn't actually make any, any difference. She doesn't, she doesn't know about worldly-wise things. But she does say of Sarah Ferguson, which you can't disagree with, they say Sarah Ferguson has the gall to launch a lawsuit against Mazir Mahmood, the fake sheikh, who, in reality an undercover reporter, exposed her willingness to sell access for cash. She complains of distress and upset. Well, she could have avoided it. Avoided it, says Anne Widdicombe, by simply stating that access to Prince Andrew was not for sale. She didn't, and all the consequences which flowed were down to her. The Duchess wants £25 in compensation for her own wrongdoing. And Anne Widdicombe writes, what planet is she on? I totally agree. Mad as a fruitcake. Mad as a fruitcake. I can't help feeling that if this goes against Sarah Ferguson, because nobody coerced her. She went from earning, apparently, so they say, from, I think, 750000 a year to, uh, what was it? Zero. She said zero. All of a sudden she was earning zero money. 750000 Who was paying her that? She's got no talent for doing anything at all. Martine says, I know a wonderful lady in America who earns more than, uh, than uh, Katie Price. Yes. Karen in Cheshunt, Cheshunt says, you once talked about the hidden London disused tube stations. I booked for Highgate Tube. Looking forward to it. Yes, you'll love it. If you go to... There's a very good one down the road from us here. Very nice one, actually. When do we get the, um, the Christmas tree? We get the Christmas tree in Trafalgar Square, I think, quite shortly. Some people complaining that uh, Christmas comes too early. I spoke to a lady the other day and she said, oh, it's too early. Way too early to put up Christmas trees. I go, listen, it's never too early. Christmas will be over and done with so quickly. Let's enjoy every second of it. Good Lord. I mean, you know, I want to enjoy Christmas. I'm going to be here. Uh, for it, be lots of people working. But the only thing, isn't it, that has live people? Uh, you get n- live news bulletins on the television, but all the programmes will be pre-recorded. I don't think there's anything live on the television at all. Everybody goes home. Any engineers that are called in are working on about four times what they normally get. So people volunteer to work Christmas. But uh, radio is the only place where there'll be there'll be loads of live programmes. But uh, television, they'll all be done actually. Eight uh, eight five zero. When I worked as a teaching assistant, Steve. There was many a time when a 12 or 13-year-old would turn up late for school after a night of smoking cannabis. When they eventually did turn up, they had no attention span and would spend most of their time doodling magic mushrooms and the like. 
I've been thinking if cannabis had to be injected instead of smoked, it could be viewed as bad as heroin. But smoking it... Oh, the people who, who, who smoke cannabis will always give you every argument under the sun. I've heard a million phone-ins on people who actually take cannabis. Yeah, it's, it's OK for you, man. It's like, yeah, it's really good. I'm not not been, like, affected. No, I've been smoking it since I was, like, 14, and it's fantastic, and it's great. Oh, what, what do you do, uh, train driver? You know, and you think, oh, my God, fathers, that's how bad it gets. Because I don't know, they did, they did a survey, didn't they, a short while ago. They did say that um, it could be as many as 40% of people driving cars in the morning could be under the influence of drugs from the night before. And for drugs, read uh, cannabis spliffs. Uh, or or booze, or booze. Anyway, uh, Tesco, they finally resolved it. They they made the, the state pupils queue outside uh, whilst the posh pupils got in. Uh, Paul Stewart, the former England star, said he was sexually abused for years. Same man who went to prison. They've had about six uh, young footballers who claim they were abused between the ages of 11 and 15, and the club knew nothing about it. And... Um, Who's apologised for impersonating Donald's wife? It's Gigi Hadid. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Coming up to five minutes past six. Nice to have your company this Wednesday morning. It's a bit chilly. It's a bit sort of damp. It's a bit... But at least people are getting the Christmas shopping done as quickly as they can. I think the whole idea is, I think you just do it online. I've decided that is the way. If you really cannot, if you really cannot stand going out and crowds and finding somewhere to... If you bring the car in, because otherwise you're loading down with bags and everything else. You've got to get on the buses, get on the tubes. Everything's busy. Nobody have got any time for you. Nobody can get out the way. Everybody's elbowing, elbowing everybody left, right and centre. So, so why not sort of order it online? You can do anything online now. You just pay for it on a card and they deliver it to the door. Takes away all the stress. That, you can, that means you can listen more to LBC, I think, which is much nicer. Uh, Mike from Finchley says, uh, I'm a total underground nut. The one near you is the Strand. A small, a small little thing on the Piccadilly line by Hoban. Yes, I've been, I've been down. I've been down there because they've still got the old phone boxes and the big lifts that took people down to the platforms. It's, they use it for filming. Lots and lots of filming there. I love it. I love it. Any time you get the opportunity of going down into the old underground stations. That one actually at the Strand, they, they filmed on it a few years back and it was a period drama. And as the train goes through the station, the, the people sitting on the, on the actual train were looking out the windows, as you do, because there's nothing to look at on the underground. And all of a sudden, there's all these period characters on the platform. They must have thought they'd wandered into sort of one of those most haunted programmes with Yvette Fielding. It looks like she's been haunted quite a few times. And, uh, and that, that was quite funny. But there's all sorts of places you can go to if, you, if you're a real nut about the underground. And you can collect the art. A friend of mine has done some beautiful books. Beautiful books on underground art and on the, the railways and everything else. And I've just noticed, actually, I was just checking a tweet. Um, I was just checking a tweet, actually, from, from Dave Masterman, who's a, a producer. Um, within this, uh, this, I nearly said it's LBC actually, because <laughs> not a producer at LBC at all. And I was looking at one of the pictures, and he's he's obviously done the Crystal Maze, but I don't know if it's a television program, or if it's, or if it was just something done for for a little bit of fun. And uh, because I, I'm always fascinated by those people who do the Crystal Maze on the television, and I think they're bringing it back. I think they're actually bringing the thing back. And I thought, I quite liked it, actually, the Crystal Maze. I couldn't do any of the stuff because people shouting at you through a letterbox would be enough to drive me insane. But I like the idea that some people are very good. You've got to cling upside down and go and go and get the, and then do and collect the key, collect the key, collect the key, collect the key. We're going to lock you in, lock you in, and you've got to get out again. And then at the end, you collect all these things, and then you you collect all your money in the crystal maze. Great program. Why not bring it back? Why not bring it back? Which they are, I think, but only for Christmas. Whether or not they go for it, 
later in the year. I don't know, but I'm sick to death of seeing the same old rubbish on the television. I mean, if you looked at what was on the uh, the uh, the television last Christmas, it, it was marginally better than this. The only thing that's going to be worth watching this time round is uh, the Birds of a Feather. Special. I'm not interested in the Bake Off. It's very sweet, and I'm sure you'll all love it, but it's been filmed and done and dusted, I should imagine, with lots of icing sugar. I'm only looking forward to Birds of a Feather with Martin Kemp and Leslie and the girls. Um, and uh, what was the other one I was looking forward to? Oh, that's right. Uh, Shirley Bassey's 80th, birth- 80th birthday. Shirley Bassey's 80th. Hello. Shirley Bassey's 80th birthday. Hosted by David Walliams. That'll be fun. That will be fun. Rob says, do not forget that Kanye West also said he'd run for president. I don't think he could run for a bus, to be honest with you. I mean, I really don't. It's, it's terrible, isn't it? And um, another one here. And uh, Johnny Weybridge says, a few years ago, my mother, who is Anne from Isha, good memory, <laughs> says somehow managed to get on air. I know. And tell you about her Twickenham life back in the 60s and the restaurant she had in Church Street. Well, yesterday she got some excellent health news after six very distressing months. So can you wish her well? I certainly can, Anne. Good uh, good luck for you. For Christmas as well. For Christmas. That'll be night. Uh, Jack says, in my job, wait for this. I mean, God knows what he does. He uses the NATO phonetic alphabet. Seriously, I don't even know what that is. The NATO phonetic alphabet. I can't take it any further because I don't know what, it, what you're talking about. I've got no idea. <laughs> he says, having serious memory lapses with W, everything jumps into my head other than whiskey. Any other idea to aid memory? Listen, it's no good asking me about aiding memory. I'm the world's worst person. I have to sit there. I've had to start doing pictures in the air. Does that seem really odd? I, I thought it seemed re- reasonably odd to me, but then I've always thought I was slightly peculiar. And, and I was sort of thinking about... I'll think about a name of somebody. I think, so-and-so, so-and-so, who is that person? Who is that person? And, and then I have to put a picture up in my mind, and then I can associate the picture with the person. Somebody explained to me once, there was a, a very famous man who memorised so many packs of cards. You only have to show him the cards, and he memorises them, so he knew what came after. And he, he said he saw, saw pictures. It was pictures, which is good. Uh, lovely to listen to you as always, Steve. You're saying about Christmas shopping. I finished my preparation for Christmas yesterday, wrapped all the presents and the cards are ready to post. When is the correct, appropriate time to send cards? Well, I mean, you can send cards, I mean, beginning of December? I'm, t- I'm, tem- I'm, you know, if you're sending abroad, then you need to check with your post office as to whether or not you can actually send abroad and the latest dates. You'll find online there'll be the latest dates to send to certain countries. But in this country, I would think most people would expect to start receiving Christmas. Well, I've had Christmas cards already. People think it's mad, but I, you know me, I love it. Just please, no no glitter this year. Please, I got so drenched in glitter last year. George Galloway got drenched in glitter. He was doing a student union talk and they threw glitter at him. Well, you know that glitter gets everywhere. I mean, seriously, everywhere. It's a nightmare. Even washing off in the shower doesn't help. There'll always be little bits left. And as you walk down the street, you look like a little Belisha beacon. It's not a good look. It's not a good look at all. So... I mean, I don't know. Cards, send them 1st of December. But bearing in mind, millions and millions and millions of people will be sending their cards at the same time. But you want them to get to somebody, don't you? To somebody, I think. Uh, another one here. So, I mean, that, that's, that, that, that's my hard and fast rule, sending stuff early. But do check. Parcels as well, you have to check very carefully. Uh, another one here. Steve at lbc.co.uk. Um, I love the idea that I, I, I get people's emails, but they're obviously not emails. There's something else, actually, but they're obviously sent to another programme. 
They're obviously sent to another programme. Nothing, nothing to do with me at all. It's from some programme from ages ago. And all of a sudden they'll be going, oh, you were talking about this. Somebody's saying, you were talking about Brexit a moment ago. I don't think I've talked about Brexit ever on this programme. It's not my sort of thing at all. <laughs> I love it, really. Keeps, keeps me happy, actually. And, uh, and then uh, somebody else was talking about, oh, you were talking the other day about sausages. And I wasn't talking about sausages at all. I did that ages and ages ago. I do love it, though, actually. I do love it. Makes, makes me laugh, actually, because I always think the person who this is actually intended for is never going to read it, because it, eventually, because it backs up and then it, it sort of comes in, comes in on my uh, computer in the morning, in the same way that probably Nick Ferrari gets loads of texts to, to Steve Allen. Have you been to Down Street Underground? Yes, I know exactly where that is. I've never been in it. Never been in it. But uh, I love uh, the idea. Used by Churchill as a bunker during the war. It really. Actually, underground London is fantastic. I mean, really is absolutely fantastic. It's, it's the sort of place that you should investigate. Get books out. Uh, uh, Howard's going to tell me about the NATO. Oh, the NATO phonetic alphabet. Oh, right. Alpha, Bravo, something else, something else. Used by the army and the police. Ah, right. That's what it is. Oh, right. That's that's the NATO phonetic, is it? See? Shows how little I know. What what can I possibly be telling you? Eight four eight five zero stevenlbc.co.uk. So uh, so the word of warning this morning is that um, we might get Sir Shifty's yacht back. You only paid a hundred million. You don't get that for second hand yachts. Seriously, I'm going to be lucky to get forty million for it. Uh, Madonna's son in the drug bust held after the dope find. Uh, please question him. He's been given one of those roadside warnings. In other words, they they can deal with you at the roadside. Not enough to actually take it. Uh, further, not exactly enough to take it further. And um, another one here. We take pride in our Olympic athletes, says Sally, and people who represent the country in sport. Except there's one in the jungle I've never even heard of. In Louis Smith's case, he's a genuinely unlikable character. He comes across in interviews as aloof and disinterested, although he's better than the presenters, an arrogant buffoon. Yes, and of course he did naughty things on the internet, and for that we uh, we don't forgive him at all. Horrible piece of work. Horrible piece of work. Never trust a man with a little carefully cut beard. You know where it's been sort of so carefully anything, you look a bit odd, slightly strange. And uh, on the news, Simon Conway said that a glitter had been thrown at George Galloway. What is a glitter, says Aggie? I think it's glitter. I don't, I don't know whether it was in a little thing, but if it's that fine glitter, and I shall be checking my, my Christmas cards this year fairly closely, so if there's anything that vaguely resembles glitter on the outside, we're not opening it, OK? You have been warned. Because last year was terrible. And, and you, you open up a card and a ton of the stuff falls out. It was so funny. Jer- Jerry says, I'm looking forward to uh, Mrs Brown's Boys this Christmas. Yes, I mean, I like it. I like the programme. I didn't get it before, but having interviewed him, he's so charming and he's so sweet and he was so nice. Such a nice person. Read the Crystal Maze. Uh, Can you ask your friend when it's on next uh, and bring it back in 2016? Channel 4 we're going to. They could get rid of Deal or No Deal. Well, they are getting rid of uh, Deal or No Deal. They are. They are. They are stopping that. Whereas I like it. I I mean, I, I really do like Deal or No Deal. And Warren, you're quite right. Better do it soon. Otherwise, it will it will disappear. So you have to do it soon. Sorry, this is, this is a private conversation that um, <laughs> we're doing it. Um, <laughs> my, my journey to work, says Alex, was made by the Steve Allen show talking about sploffs this morning. I thought they were sploffs. Are they not? Apparently, they're not. Apparently, they're called spliffs. Well, I mean, who's supposed to know that? Honestly, it's ridiculous, isn't it? I'm not supposed to know these things. 
I'm a man over the age of 42. Well, just over the age of 42. 84850, Steve at lbc.co.uk. Ian says, the memory man is Dominic O'Brien. He's been banned from many casinos in case he card counts. Yes, card counting is the casino's nightmare. And that's where people memorise a deck of cards. And so he will know what's coming out of the shoe. How they do it, I've got no idea. Don't even ask me. I've got no idea. But uh, I can imagine you wouldn't want Dominic O'Brien in a casino. Far too clever. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Uh, Ben says, do you think Honey G will win the X Factor? God, I hope not. I really hope not. My friend Ryan, of the Arnold fame... He says, up early for a road trip back up north. A road trip. No, road trips are in America when you take Route 66. Not not going up north. That's not a road trip. That's a meander up a motorway with his companion, Dean. Oh, you've swapped sides, have you now? Oh, interesting. When you say companion, is that somebody who's sitting... It's not a teddy bear, is it, or something peculiar like that? He said, it's nice to hear your chirpy voice. Nice to see a picture of you this morning as well. Uh, and somebody says, birds of a feather is a repeat. No, no, this is this is brand new filming. This is uh, this is filming for this uh, for this new series. They've already done a new series, and so this time round, uh, I think uh, Dorian and Martin Kemp get together in the, in the back of a hearse. <laughs> Don't know what else I could say about it, really. That's about uh, it. Um, who will they get to front the Crystal Maze? I think they've already found somebody. I think they've already found somebody to do the Crystal Maze, and I can't remember who it is. I want to bring back, and I've always said it. I keep campaigning every year. It's not working. I'm kind of sort of battling against the wind, I'm afraid, and banging my head against a, a brick wall. I want to bring back uh, Noel's Christmas presents. When it was done on the BBC, before he fell out with somebody at the BBC, uh, it was one of the best programmes done. It was beautiful. People wrote in. They do it now. I think it's on Sky. It's not quite the same. It was, it was so much better. Somebody needs to pick it up. I don't know why they've not picked up on it. It's a brilliant programme. The concept was wonderful. You know, everybody likes a good old weep at Christmas. And this programme gave us a good old weep at Christmas. May in Stratford-upon-Avon says, Went to see Kiki D and Carmelo acoustic show. Brilliant. Met both afterwards. Lovely people. Kiki said to me, both her and Elton celebrate their big birthday soon because they're both going to be 70. Is she really? She came in actually a short while ago, Kiki D. She's on my uh, In Conversation archive. And uh, the reason she's on it is because she brought out a whole box set of all the, of all the records and everything that she'd ever uh, recorded, which was good. Which was very good indeed. So she's lovely. Uh, I still like Amorose. I thought it was a, a great track. Great track. Not that I know anything about music at all. I can't do it. I've been watching Bross this morning. Uh, everything else we've got for you today. Oh, sorry, I pushed the wrong button, actually. Uh, on the subject of Crystal Maze, it was back as a, a one-off charity special with Stephen Merchant, says Simon. Was that on the television, or is this, or is this the one that we think that Dave Masterman's been doing? He had a red boiler suit, so it obviously looks quite promising. If it's, if it's around, I'd like to see a copy of that. Uh, Perdita. Says, uh, great to see a, a positive news item for a change. Three-year-old Lenny, John jo- Lenny, get Lenny George Jones saw his dad having a, a diabetic episode, went to the fridge, got some yoghurt and fed it to his dad. By all accounts, he saved his life. Yeah, he's having a hypo. Amazing, isn't it? Three years old. Well, didn't we have a, a kid the other day? A little, I call them kids, children. A little child who managed to... Um, save his mum. She was, she was not very well. And then in the papers today, there's a young man who helped his mother give birth... <laughs> He has said never again. <laughs> As you can imagine, can't you? It's coming out of where? Oh, Lord, please not. Please not. Uh, apparently, uh, the new host of Crystal Maze is Stephen Merchant. Stephen Merchant. Uh, OK, right. Uh, I'll, I'll buy that one. I like Stephen Merchant. He, he did quite well in America, actually. 
And um, uh, somebody was talking about... A lot of people telling me about the uh, phonetic alphabet. Uh, Mike says, can you send me what books your friend has published? Uh, they're they're in, available in the... Oh God, what is Maps of All the Train System in France? I think he's done it around the world. I'm pretty certain, actually. It's a big book. I've endorsed it. I'm credited on the back as saying it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful book. Absolutely beautiful. It's, in the, it's on sale in the London Transport Museum, which is the place to go to, isn't it? The place to go to. That's, that's really absolutely wonderful. Absolutely wonderful, if you like things like that. So it's Alpha, Bravo, Charlie Delta, Echo Foxtrot, Golf Hotel, India, Juliet, Kilo, Lima, Mike, November, Oscar, Papa, Quebec, Romeo, Sierra, Tango, Unicorn, Victor, X-Ray, Yankee, Zulu. It's good, isn't it? So uh, that's uh, Alpha, Bravo, Charlie. Charlie Delta, November. And that's how it is. Uh, I promise you it's a repeat. I remember watching it with my wife and kids. I thought it was, um, I thought it was brand new for this year. We're certainly talking about it. Uh, how about Return of Noel's House Party with Mr Blobby, which is a banned word, apparently, um, because it doesn't come up as a word here, which is quite good. I like Noel's House Party. I thought it was great. The trouble is, and here is the big problem that all these programmes have, like when I'm a celebrity, uh, Celebrity Big Brother, they've had to say now that for the next one they're not going to run any Z-list celebrities, but then there isn't anybody else. Most most decent people have been used, and so what they've actually got is they've got some old some old people from reality shows, and they're not they're not up to it. Why why do we bother? We're not interested. I couldn't care less about any of these these people from these shows. It doesn't make any difference at all to me. Find some proper celebrities, but of course proper celebrities don't need to do it. Let's hope Stephen Merchant has the athletic ability of Richard O'Brien, says Martine. I think possibly could have. I think possibly could have. He's only tall enough. You're not going to miss him, are you? Definitely not going to miss him. So we'll, what we'll do, the other side of the news, we'll run through the front pages of the papers. I quite like the idea, and I don't want to raise your hopes on this one, but the Daily Mail have got on their front page, the scientists finding a hunger hormone, and it could help you lose weight. A hunger hormone. So in other words, it's, I suppose it's a bit like a gastric band, isn't it? A bit like a gastric band, only this is a hormone that they found. And if they give you something to counteract it, then you don't feel hungry. I had an injection. I've got in my fridge at the moment about three boxes of um, a type of insulin which uh, work as an appetite suppressant. Uh, The idea is to help you lose weight. And I took them for a little while. And to be honest with you, it had such peculiar side effects that I had to stop taking it. And so I've still got a free... I need to get, take it back to the chemist, actually. And uh, it worked as an appetite suppressant, a bit like in the early days. People in this country took ionomin or tenuate dospan, and uh, they were legal highs until they decided to take them away from people. And it meant that it was a, a form of speed. It meant that, you, you know, your, your body was racing away, but you didn't feel the need to eat anything. And the first day I took one of these injections, in exactly the same way that you inject insulin... Um, I got through three quarters of the day without eating anything. And I think, oh, that's not good. You're supposed to... But I I didn't feel the the need to eat at all. I didn't feel the urge. I didn't feel the hunger. Which, of course, is, is, you know, you walk past... Sometimes I walk past a shop and I think, oh, I'd love to eat that. (laughs) Then I think, I can't have that. And I'm actually quite good at being disciplined. Occasionally, like yesterday, I let myself go. But it would be only once in, you know, two or three months. Uh, Steve, I've seen an episode of Birds of a Feather where there's an incident in the back of a hearse with Dorian. Oh, right. OK. Uh, 84850, steve at uk, And uh, another one here. Uh, somebody said, uniform, not unicorn. What did I... Did I say something? Did I say uniform? Unicorn? 
What have I said? Mike in panic. Loads of people said it's uniform, not unicorn. What's the matter with unicorns? I like unicorns. What are these people against unicorns for? Equal rights for unicorns, that's what I say. Don't pick on them, it's not their fault. Not their fault. Peter said on um, Christmas television, Peter Pan Goes Wrong is brilliant. It's not the traditional story, but rather the portrayed production suffering, set failures, actors taking the script in the wrong direction, everything in between. I've seen it on stage and I've had tears running down my cheeks. Highly recommended. Oh, that's right. Except this is actually done in front of a live audience. In front of a live audience. So Peter Pan goes wrong. So I quite love I might warm to that. But the trouble is, I'm not going to have any time over Christmas. In between doing breakfast here on Christmas Day, Boxing Day and New Year's Day. Oh, incidentally, my friend Chris Jarvis and Maureen Lippman are in pantomime at Richmond Theatre. And they're turning on their Christmas lights in Richmond at six o'clock, I think, this Friday. This Friday night. Uh, Chris Jarvis and Maureen Lipman are turning on the Christmas lights. On Sunday, I'm turning on the Christmas lights in Twickenham for year number four. I think I had a gap, actually. I did one year, then we had a gap, and then I did the next two. I don't ask me how I've managed to get roped into this every time. But uh, I'll be doing it about 4.30. About 4.30. I watched The Crystal Maze with Stephen Merchant, part of the Channel 4 stand-up to cancer night. Although he was good, the programme was awful, as the celebs were useful at wor- uh, useless at working out the puzzle, says Anne. Maybe the public will make a better show. Well, the trouble is, I mean, celebrities are terrible. They don't know anything. They're just ordinary little people. Just ordinary little people who've, sort of, who've got lucky getting onto a programme. So, you know, that's why perhaps the public are better. It's like watching the Crystal Maze. What was I watching the other night? And, oh, it was the, the Eggheads. What a smug bunch of so-and-sos they turn out to be. Uh, it, it says here that... It, oh, shut up, Daphne, please. And there's another one. They're all as miserable as sin, aren't they? And at one point, I thought the team were doing very well against them. And then it all went pear-shaped. Never mind. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Uh, the Chancellor's statement today is live at 12.30. You'll hear that on uh, LBC. And uh, what we'll be looking at is the growth. They'll be looking at income tax, all sorts of things. Could either be rivetingly exciting or rivetingly boring. Uh, plus, so I'm still trying to work out what was the... I, I didn't obviously get the uniform unicorn thing. Did I do a Freudian slip? If so, do let me know what it was. Apparently, Maureen Lippmann played Mumsy on the stand-up cancer version of The Crystal Maze a few months ago. <laughs> Well, they're turning on the lights in Richmond, six o'clock, I think it's Chris Jarvis and Maureen. And somebody else says, I saw Birds of a Feather last month on Sky. The episode with Martin Kemp, Leslie Joseph and the Hearst. New series starts with them abroad. Lovely. I quite like the idea of bringing it back. It's good. I was watching something the other day and realising that they don't make comedy shows like they used to. They really don't. And uh, somebody says, uh, turning on the Christmas lights again, Steve. If you keep doing it, people might think you want to be a celebrity. It's a great book about that you could read. What's it called? Oh, so you want to be a celebrity. I think somebody sent me a copy once, actually. I'm quite lucky. Uh, Honey G survives another song off, and Kanye has a breakdown. Sadly, I do not understand the fuss over Honey G. Uh, Heard the conversation with Martin Kemp. Very entertaining, says Paul. And... um, and he has been in Birds of a Feather before the Christmas special. It'll be a new story. And uh, as for the classic Crystal Mazes, they've started running them on the Challenge Channel. All these things that they, you can actually get again. Actually, absolutely wonderful, wonderful. Uh, John from Last Tango in Halifax Land. What a great programme it is. They should bring back the Adventure Game, which completely has uh, overshadowed me. Several years ago, Steve, we asked our cubs to learn the phonetic alphabet and asked parents to help them. Next week, one little lad who was child-minded by Nanny very proudly told me he could sing it. That's what I like. And uh, somebody says, in the spirit of the approaching Christmas and your positiveness, can you find something nice to say about Milton Keynes today? No. 
I can't. I'm ever so sorry. I, I was surprised it was still there, actually. I had no idea that Milton Keynes was still standing. I thought we'd made arrangements to get rid of it. Ghastly place. Dreadful, really. I still want to know what this unicorn, unicorn and uniform thing was. I don't know what it is. I don't know what I said. Uh, the Brentwood Lights. Brentwood Lights get switched on this Saturday. More than 10,000 people expected to attend. The whole high street is closed and filled with entertainment. The highlight, the big switch on at 5pm. So glad they've got a decent mayor. Councillor Mrs Noel Hones. And her consort, John, who is so much better than last year, says Mark in Brentwood. <laughs> I don't think we're going to get 10,000, put it that way. I don't think. But it's, Twickenham's a little place. Brentwood's a big place. We're in a little place. But you're quite right. If I keep doing these blooming lights, I'm going to get uh, picked on. Somebody will be saying, so you think you're a celebrity? Uh, no, I don't, actually. No, really. I promise you I'm not. Definitely not. And uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. I wondered whether injections bother you, says James. Um, no, only if I hit the wrong bit. If hit the wrong bit, they bother me, and they hurt. In fact, I, I did an injection last night, and you know, it's, you sort of inject, and then you, uh, you get the skin bubbling up. That always drives me a bit mad. I had major spinal surgery in my teens. It became a human pincushion. I had about six injections a day. But the other bits, the other end, were much worse. Yes, I mean, I, I, I could agree with you, actually. I could agree with you. But no, injection. they don't necessarily bother me, injections. I just sort of think to myself... One of these days, they're going to invent something that doesn't hurt. Every- I mean, this, last night, I did do the injection. And um, and I, I, as I put it in, I went, ow, it hurts. Oh, you said unicorn. The correct phonetic alphabet word for you is uniform. Oh, right. Oh, did I? Oh, well, there you go, then. That's why. I wonder why it all came in all of a sudden. I didn't know that one. Wait a minute. Just have a look. What have we got for... Of course, I'll never find it again now, will I? Uh, it's got... Yeah, it's got unicorn here. It's uniform, is it? Oh, right. Uniform. Unicorn, honestly. Fiona, for goodness sake, honestly. That's why people were complaining. I didn't know what I'd been talking about. Nothing new on this programme, as they say. OK, let's do the front pages of the uh, the papers. Thank you, Rick, for pointing me in the right direction. Apparently, the 26 code words... So it is Romeo Sierra... Hang on a minute. Where's... Where's... Um, uniform. It is uniform. Don't you, think, don't you think unicorn sounds better? Don't you think unicorn sounds better? Come on. Stop picking on poor old unicorns. They don't get a good press, do they? People go, oh, unicorn again. It's like the other day I was talking about reindeer. And uh, I said, I'm not sure that they actually fly. And about 30 people wrote to me saying, but Steve, do you not realise they only fly on Christmas Eve? So the rest of the year, reindeer are wandering about going, oh, God, here we go again. We've got to try and get up there into the sky, towing that sledge. Every year Santa gets fatter. The bunch of toys gets bigger and bigger. I bumped into a little child the other day, well, not not deliberately, and um, and and I said, I said, you looking forward to Father Christmas? Yes, she said to me, looking forward to seeing Father Christmas. I said, I've met him, and she looked at me with such disbelief. <laughs> it was a case of you liar. And I thought, no, I really have met Father Christmas. I'm quite proud about it, actually. I'm quite proud about. it. I thought he was very good indeed. But uh, equal rights for unicorns. But that, so that's true. Any little people listening, the reindeer only fly on Christmas Eve. And that was how they got out of Miracle on 34th Street or whatever it was. So the front pages of the papers at 20 to 7 this morning. And I hope that you've uh, you've got Christmas sorted out. So once again, let me just remind you very quickly. I am here Christmas Day morning for breakfast. And I'm having uh, breakfast with you on Boxing Day morning. And I'm having breakfast with you on New Year's Day as well, which is good. Which is good, because, it, of course, the, the thing to do will be getting in. 
because this area around here in London is a nightmare. It really, there'll be people swarming in and everything else. Uh, Seal, was the meal suppressing injection Victoza? Yes, it was Victoza. It was designed, I think, sp- specifically, get the teeth right, for diabetics, type 2 diabetics, to, uh, to help them to lose weight. But I tried it, and to be honest with you, I had a dreadful stuff. I've spent most of my time going to the toilet. It was absolutely ridiculous. It, I mean, it really was ridiculous. And in the end, we, we decided it was safer. Not everybody gets side effects. I don't really get side effects from penicillin, but they always ask you because some people do get really bad side effects. I didn't get any from that. Daily Mail this morning, Farage farce in Washington. Extraordinary bid by Trump and the UKIP chief to oust Britain's ambassador to America. You can ask him about it. He's being Katie Hopkins this week on LBC. Everybody go, is he? He is. So you can ask him. You can phone up and ask him. He's, he's, he's more than happy to answer questions. He's very good. So Donald Trump and Nigel Farage launching an orchestrated plot to oust our man in Washington. Uh, the wise men on segways, the shepherd on an iPad. Very funny. And this is a modern nativity. It's got a solar panel on the, on the, the roof of the manger. And the baby Jesus and, the, and Mary and Joseph are doing a selfie. And uh, it's 104 quid. I love it. I think it's fantastic. When I first saw it, I thought it was Lego, but it turns out not to be. Uh, the Daily Express, the MPs who want to seize Greedy Green's yachts to pay for the BHS pensions and his houses and everything else. Um, I should imagine he's not been that stupid to allow these things to be seized. Trump, give Farage top job. He'd be great US ambassador. This is getting more interesting by the minute, isn't it? You'll have to ask it. First of all, it was a, is he going to get um, a life peerage? Is he going into the House of Lords? Uh, or is he too young, or is it not happening? Front page of the Mirror, the England ace. I was sexually abused by coach over four years. This is Paul Stewart, who said that this uh, pervert attacked him from the age of 11 to 15, pledging to make him a star. He said the abuse got worse. Six people have come forward after this, and this is the uh, the coach uh, here who threatened uh, one particular family for more than 40 years. Paul Stewart kept the trauma of his horrific child sex abuse ordeal bottled up in front of everybody. He was uh, he was abused by this coach, Barry Bennell, in the 70s and 80s. Now, I think that Barry Bennell is out of prison now. I'm pretty certain. But uh, he is quoted as saying here, uh, if you say anything, I will kill your mum, dad and your two brothers. Uh, and so people are speaking out. Paul Stewart, we had somebody the other day. The FA is working with the NSPCC to set up a helpline to encourage other sex abuse victims in football to come forward. I mean, how many are there? I mean, how many are there? Is, is, this, a, is this a floodgate we're going to open? Crew Alexander also pledged yesterday to carry out its own investigation. Only yesterday they pledged to carry it out. They've known about this for some time. They must have done, because he's been in prison for nine years. They must have known about this ages ago. Chairman John Bowler said abuse has no place in football or society. Cheshire Police said six people have come forward since Andy Woodward spoke out at the weekend about the abuse he suffered from the age of 11 at the hands of Barry Bennell while he was at Crewe. He was jailed, Bennell, in 1998 for sex offences against boys. The club would take all allegations seriously. Another of his alleged victims is Steve Walters, youngest player in the history of Crewe, who stepped forward yesterday. He said he too had been targeted by Bennell who was also involved with the junior team. And that's what people do. People who, who are interested in, in children join places where they can have access, swimming, all sorts of things. It could be scout groups, I should imagine, or anything like that. 
And uh, and so now you've got these footballers. One of them who said he started taking drugs at the age of 27 when he was at Spurs. He said, I relied on them almost daily for 15 years. He says, I did think of suicide, but on cocaine, I could forget. That's the front page of the Mirror today. Uh, the Sun, Madonna's son in drugs bust. Yes, Rocco's been caught smoking a s- spliff. And uh, he also had a little bit of cannabis on him. It was enough to warrant a street caution from the youth offending team. That's what they do. They don't, they don't bother arresting somebody. The police question them. And there's a picture of him being questioned. Uh, the neighbours, apparently, were the ones who went, we've had enough. We've had enough of this. This is ridiculous. Two smoking buddies sitting on the wall. I mean, really, at 16, what is he being taught? What is he being taught? I should imagine both his parents are well aware of drugs. But uh, what they'll do about a 16-year-old son of theirs who's been caught with some cannabis, I've got no idea. Leave it up to them, I suppose. Uh, The Daily Star, Rooney's Sex on the Beach shock. Wayne's hooker. This is uh, Jenny Thompson. Is set to go into... She can't find any other work at the moment, and she's given up hooking. So she's going into X on the Beach. They say she's going to be talking about it. Of course, for legal reasons, she won't be allowed to. (laughs) There'll be an injunction slapped on her if she says anything. I mean, all it is, is hooker sells body to some man who's well-known. I don't quite understand what the story could be. As I say, unless he wears sort of, you know, pink feathers and a hooli hooli skirt, there's no excitement in there whatsoever, is there? Unless she's going to tell us he likes to sort of, you know, dress up in drag or something, in which case that's their business. But uh, such is her cheap, tragic life that she's got to sell that story. Very tragic, isn't it, really? You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Actually, somebody very kindly sent me in uh, something which... uh, I think I'd seen before, actually. I'm pretty certain I'd seen it before. And it was about... Oh, I've lost it completely now. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, And it was about UBN. And it's on YouTube. You can probably find it on YouTube quite easily, I would imagine. And you just search for it. And it's got all the people who used to work on UBN, which which was the United Biscuits Network. It was the forerunner to to radio. It's where a lot of people who ended up in radio came from. Uh, Certainly lots of people for our sister station, Capital. And uh, quite a number of well-known faces and voices started working in a biscuit factory. Bizarre though it might be. At the front pages this morning, The Guardian. Uh, The mothers who turned mourning into a movement. What it's like to bury a child. You can't imagine unless you've you've been there. Uh, Also, the Chancellor to crack down on letting fees. I know that Darren was talking about this this morning. And uh, they've, they've got agencies who charge... I mean, extortionate amounts of money, even for doing something fairly simple. Even for doing something fairly simple, they actually charge. People lose out left, right and centre. There is also the second footballer reveals he was sexually abused by the paedophile coach at Crewe. Steve Walters becomes the latest ex-player to go public on the shattering effects of being targeted by Barry Bennell. I wondered how long they were hoping to keep this uh, secret. Uh, Also, uh, this morning, front page of the Financial Times, Hammond eyes housing sweetener as fiscal hole limits help for jams. The Chancellor faces a £100 billion rise in borrowing. No rabbits in the hat as Brexit effect bites. Uh, Plus, Trump's freewheeling path to power creates friction with the media and number 10. He's still not picked up the phone and called Theresa May, has he? I think he must be leaving that one for a little while. And uh, whilst Harry's swanning about on his freebie holiday at the moment, and William appears to be in Vietnam still, uh, the Duchess takes tea with the dinosaurs. This is the Duchess of Cambridge. They're obviously doing a concerted effort to try and make it look as though they're doing something. You know, she uh, she attended a children's tea party. It's not the most strenuous of things. But uh, it was saying farewell to Dippy the Diplodocus. I know, we have to go along with it. And so she met pupils from a primary school. And then she said that uh, Prince George preferred dinosaur 
was the T-Rex. It's riveting, isn't it? They live in a completely different world to the rest of us, because it was the noisiest, apparently. Uh, more here on the um, on the uh, um, uh, ministers defying May over Farage's US role. Cabinet ministers defying Theresa May on how to deal with Donald Trump, accusing her of allowing UKIP's leader Nigel Farage to steal a march on developing links with the US president-elect. Somebody was telling me about uh, the unicorn and uniform. Apparently it used to be unicorn, and then it changed and, uh, and became... Uniform. To be honest with you, it really doesn't change my life. I know that the police use it, don't they, a lot now. Uh, the I, fury in number 10 as Trump calls for Farage. It looks like they're actually trying to get Britain's ambassador Washington out and put Farage in. Because quite clearly, Trump and Farage get on. And so that's what makes for good relations, doesn't it? I don't know. Ask him when he's on LBC this weekend. Um, uh, don't joke about the Queen, David Baddiel about how he got sent to the Tower. He made jokes about the Queen's sex life, I believe, which is, I think that's kind of a no-no. I think that's a real no-no, and so he got uh, he got wrapped over that. But, of course, uh, knowing David Baddiel, he then turns it into a comment, and so he can talk about it to the papers. Uh, the Grand Tour fans setting a new Amazon record. I said it was good. Uh, it beat the previous number one show on the streaming service, 2015's The Man in the High Castle. So they've done particularly well, actually, particularly well. Uh, they didn't reveal the total number of viewers, but they've said millions of members streamed the uh, premiere over the weekend. So it obviously worked. And for those people who saw it, they did agree, actually, that it was it was good. It was it lived up to the expectations. It lived up to everything that people were hoping for. And uh, even though it probably cost an arm and a leg, they said it was worth every single penny. Uh, front of the Times, finally, this morning, uh, the Farage camp attacking the ambassador as Trump backs the UKIP leader. I mean, th- th- this, could, this could backfire spectacularly, could it not? You're going to end up with, uh, with Farage over there. I think he'd probably accept that. He would probably accept the fact that he could be Washington's ambassador. Certainly far more so than entering the House of Lords, where you just sit there falling asleep, listening to dreary meeting after dreary meeting. Europeans round on top Brexit ministers... Uh, and the rip-off letting agent fees will be banned. There are unscrupulous people out there. You try and get your money back, it's, it's really like banging your head against a brick wall. There cannot be many people who have entered the, uh, the market of renting uh, a property. Also, people who let properties. Uh, you know, I wonder just how many people realise what a state their properties are in. It's a, it's a ghastly situation out there because most landlords... And we've seen cases on the television, it's been highlighted time and time again, that when people rent somewhere, there's a reason. They either can't afford to buy a place, although in in truth, if they could save up the deposit, buying would be the cheaper option than renting, which is, as my parents used to describe it, throwing your money down the drain because you don't get anything at the end. And if you paid a deposit, they'll come around and go, well, that needs painting again, that needs doing, that needs doing. And so a lot of uh, people, I mean, there'll be a lot of agencies that'll probably go out of business which is possibly a good thing. Perhaps people should do it on recommendations. It would, be, it would be an awful lot easier. And it is a minefield. You know, for every property, there's about, in London, six people chasing it. It's a case of who, who comes up with the deposit quickest, who can move in there. I don't think the people who own the properties are particularly bothered. They're, they're, they seem to be very few and far between those landlords who actually care about the property. I've seen more and more cases over the years of people coming in, and they just trash the place. They don't care. We see it on the television. People who haven't paid rent for ages and ages. The bailiffs go round, Paul Bowhill and his friends, and they go in there and they go, oh, my God. And you look at the mess that people leave and you wonder how people can actually live. 
in that state. But that's what they're saying. The rip-off letting agent fees will be banned. Apparently, an increase in the national living wage to seven fifty an hour next year, an action to enforce it. Did I not read a story that Buckingham Palace were looking for a gardener? But they weren't. They're apparently the worst payers in the Western world. The royal family, they don't, they don't pay top dollar. Because the idea is that you work for the royal family. It's supposed to be a bit of a thrill, apparently. And, uh, and then you can go and work in America and earn a fortune. If the Americans think that you work for the royal family, you know exactly how to do it. And the Americans will buy that kind of thing. They love it. You could go around the world. If you'd work for America, if, if you'd work for the royal family in any of the houses or the castles, or you work for the Queen directly or Prince Charles, maybe not Prince Charles, but uh, the Queen Mother, you would get a job anywhere in America and you could get top dollar. Over here, you'd be lucky to pull in a meagre sum. Over there, they're paying serious money and they're offering accommodation, cars, two days off. They're really offering serious stuff just to say that they've got somebody who worked for the British royal family, such as the kudos. Uh, Europeans round on top Brexit minister, Johnson labelled arrogant and Davis scorned. And uh, low fares to no fares, the airline plans for free flights. This is Ryanair, which is not half as exciting as the crime of the century. The first offence in living memory rocking this monk's aisle. They had to call the police. It was terrible. And uh, all charges in the Dubai rape case are dropped. This is uh, Zara Jane Moisey, who told police she'd been violently raped by two British men. And uh, the authorities have ruled that the sexual act had been consensual. So she was not telling the truth. So presumably now they're going to get rid of them out of the country. Uh, I mean, the human rights group detained in Dubai, which represents expats, arrested in the city, said it was extremely pleased to hear the reports of charges were dropped. I think it's probably the safest thing to do. I mean, you don't uh, you don't want to go down that route. As the Home Office say, uh, more Brits get arrested over there, but people just go over and get drunk and everything else. So was she telling the truth or was she lying? What, I mean, what's, what's going on here? Is it a case of if you actually say it was consensual? They say they've studied video and they've said it was consensual. Not really a lot you can say after that, is it? Anyway, that's it for this morning. Thank you very much indeed for your time. I'll be back with you tomorrow morning between four and seven. So I'll remind you again that Christmas Day I'm here with breakfast. Boxing Day I'm here with breakfast. And New Year's Day, I'm here with breakfast. I say New Year's Day is always, it's picking up the pieces of the night before where everybody, every round the building, oh, such a head, such a head, because it's, uh, we're celebrating going from one year to the next. We'll wait and see what Mr Hammond comes up with today, shall we? From 12.30 on LBC, we'll be carrying that live. And uh, don't forget, you can listen to LBC whenever you want, wherever you are. Download the free LBC app for your mobile or tablet. Never miss a moment. Uh, leading Britain's conversation at 10, it's James O'Brien. But coming up next on LBC with breakfast, it's Nick Ferrari. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Saturday and Sunday from 5am. 